Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Feel Good Friday, April 21st, 2023. This sports program starts right now. Feel good. It is Feel Good Friday, boys, and uh, the toxic table looks fantastic directly across from me. One half of it being a man who traveled with me yesterday to the left side of our country at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Boys, you look fantastic. Thank you. Oh, you're muted. Uh, I'm Oh, uh, you're you are you're muted. completely turned off. Yeah. I mean, you are nothing works at all. You can grab the handheld behind you. I do believe we'll be able to make quick work of this whole thing. Uh, Connor and I took a trip to Los Angeles yesterday. While we were over there, there was a lot of things happening to this studio. More specifically, for our draft spectacular happening six days from today. Hell yeah! So we're going to be utilizing this entire space, and to do so, we had to wire some things to get back and forth. Now, were these things supposed to be done from the jump of course sure Sure. these were ideas that we thought we had paid for and we thought were already happening clearly technology is a very difficult thing wires are running all over the place building a studio is damn near impossible from what we have learned and we have a chance now to do a lot more things in here and we will be utilizing the entire space next thursday night whenever we have our fourth annual draft spec Spectacular! Hell yeah! Should be a lot of fun. We can't wait to see dreams come true and talk about all the players. But since that was already happening, what I decided to do uh, was schedule basically all the meetings that people have every single day. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. live in New York City or L.A., which is where all the business people are kind of... Call home. I guess Florida now is starting to cook up a little bit as well. Pumping. But New York and L.A., big time happy hour, meetings, everything like that. I, because we live in Indianapolis, gift and a curse, gift and a curse. Sure. Have to do a lot of texting, calling, FaceTiming, Zooming, emailing. Okay, that's kind of how up to something season normally works. So since the studio was not going to be operable on the day, I decided to schedule, go ahead, six meetings. All right, let's go out to L.A., 24 hours, we'll do six meetings with everybody, talk to some incredible human beings, people that I never could have guessed being in the room with, I'm chatting with, talking about life and a potential future and how they view it and who knows what future business looks like. One of those people, mm-hmm. that got added late, that was a, that was a late addition to the uh, meeting lineup out there, Bob fucking Iger. Holy Here shit. Here we go. Look at that. Huh? He's 72 years old. Beast. Dog. Now, you're not normally uh, presented with an opportunity to chat with a weatherman from Ithaca who's gone on to become, these are not my words, okay? I'm not in the suit game, the executive game. The greatest executive of all time is what people call. Wow. Uh, That is just from other people that are, after I post this photo, the amount of messages I get from all the business people in the Mm -hmm. world, this is like their uh, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, like the suits. Like, I didn't know this. I don't know enough about the suit world. Bob Iger is the that's the that's the blueprint. Like, hey, yeah, this king. is where we're looking to go. Yeah. I got texts from people who are like, "You met with the Bob Father, the Bob Father." <laughs> I said, "Fuck! Why didn't you tell me that before I went in there? Because I would have came in stiff." Bob Father, how you doing, Boom. sir? How you doing? I got a pinky ring as well. You know that whole thing. He did not have a pinky ring on, but I was asked like, uh, he there was a chance that maybe his office had found out that I was going out there with my game day relationship with ESPN and also everything else going on. We have some mutual people that know. It was kind of presented like, hey, would you like to uh, maybe stop by and chat with uh, Bob Iger on the Disney campus or whatever the hell it is? Sure. Uh, yeah. Would why not? Would love me? to do that. Would love to do that. What an absolute legend. 
He was incredibly kind to me. Uh, we got a chance to chat about so much shit. I mean, so much stuff. And uh, I just want to thank him for his time. And also, everybody else that we met with yesterday, we, I appreciate the hell out of you taking time out of your life. Now, I will not list every human that I met with yesterday right. because that would be uh, what we call poor leverage decision. Absolutely. Okay, that would be bad business. I hope to become good business, as good as that human one day. But shout out to the world allowing me to live the dumbest life of all time. There was numerous times where I was chatting with this man about his 1.5 million books sold. Okay. That's nuts. Crazy. So I didn't know enough about him. So while I'm flying to L.A., and since it got added to calendar late, I'm like, I'm going to learn about this fucking guy. Okay? So Connor and I uh-huh. kind of started speed reading through his book. Connor would read like one particular chapter. I, because I'm a slow reader, this is like first book I've ever really dove into. Shout out to the book club. Right. First book I've ever read into. I'd read like three to four pages, and then I'd be like, all right, I get this chapter. And then I'd like try to get to the rest of it. So we tried to learn as much as possible going in there. Guy's accomplished a lot. Former weatherman from fucking Ithaca. Crazy. And he is just, seems to be a, a standard human. Beast. Saw him at the Clippers Suns game last night. There wasn't security flanking him everywhere. Nope. He was walking around down there, sitting there, acting just normal fucking guy. <laughs> and if you read some of the things that are said about him, it's like, ah, robot, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I would like let everybody know my experience with him, which was like hour 20 or so. I think. I think it was like hour 20. He was incredible. I mean, what a conversation. Very thankful. My life is dumb. Up to something season is in full force. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of meetings yesterday with a lot of incredible people, and I'm very thankful for everybody. And I think the Draft Spectacular with what we were able to do with this studio, although we lost a microphone that we normally have, That's okay. I believe we'll be gaining a bunch of things that we don't have. So yesterday was one of the coolest 420s in the history, yeah. and uh, I'll remember it forever. And shout out to everybody for being so goddamn kind. Also on the stage is a man who's an absolute icon. He's a 14-year NFL vet. He played corner, didn't move to safety. He was a Tennessee Titan. What? Dallas Cowboys, and then a Cincinnati Bengal where he currently resides. Easy drive over here, although it does take time and dedication, which we appreciate, ladies and gentlemen, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, Pac! Pac, what's going on, pal? What's up, buddy? Hey, good to see you. Had a good 420, I'll tell you that. Did you? I saw you golfing a little bit. Yes, mate. I was on the course. Uh, Yeah, I went, I think I smoked about... Okay. One. Why? Two, why? Three, why? Why? Four, why? Four, why? Five, 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 six, five, seven, five, eight, five, nine, five, ten, 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 Card uh, yeah, in, in Ohio. Uh, we were in California, which is a pretty good spot to be. Wonderful. A lot of meetings, though. So, like, right. weighing those options. Sure. Of like, do I... Got to be sharp. Yeah, I had to wait a yeah. bit. Not just only sharp, which I feel pretty comfortable at any altitude talking. <laughs> but, like, do I want this person, our first time meeting, to be like... This guy's high as fuck. This guy's <laughs> a dopehead. <laughs> so, I had, to, I had to balance it out. But California... I got sunburn walking around the fucking gorgeous. Dude, Perfect weather. One half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Hell yeah. Didn't know if his microphone worked, so that's mm-hmm. why we couldn't introduce him. It was kind of awkward. I was speaking 
directly <laughs> uh-huh. uh, around you and everything like that. But it was a blast. We're very thankful for it all. Now let's dive into some NFL stuff, shall we? Here mm-hmm. we go. So on this Feel Good Friday, we didn't get that much feel-good news this morning. No. no. Five players yep. Yep. in the NFL are currently being suspended or suspended for an entire year or getting released from their team, probably never back in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, for gambling on sports. Now, four of them gambled on the NFL games. Okay. One of them gambled on another sport, but within an NFL facility, which is a no-no. Hmm. He only got a six-game suspension. He's also the best player out of the entire list. Wide receiver Jameson Williams yep, yep. out of Alabama for the Detroit Lions. Multiple Detroit Lions oh, yeah. on this list. Also, allegedly, Detroit Lions coaches potentially mm. in the same thing. I guess there's a new rule where players are allowed to gamble on other sports now because the way sports that's very different yeah that is not what it was like before back in the day they used to come in and say you're not allowed to take the perks for a free room at a casino yeah you're playing blackjack and you bet big hands probably bigger than other people and the casino says we'd like to give you a free room the nfl was like can't fucking take the free room because now you're taking benefits or money from a casino from a gambling operation and we cannot jeopardize the integrity of the nfl we're like you guys have scratch-offs though like isn't that gambling like don't ask questions okay well that just seems like that seems like bullshit but it has always been a massive massively critical part of the NFL. We cannot have anybody questioning the integrity of our sport. Once our sport's integrity gets questioned, the whole fucking thing's over, okay? This business that we have running right now, people love it. Our games are great. People cannot be thinking that any of this is fixed or that anything's going on. Now, there was already an entire the NFL is scripted thing happening. Now with more players getting caught gambling, there's going to be people that believe the NFL is that. Mm-hmm. But the NFL is always going to do what it can to make sure that there's never a question. Because with the money that's rolling into the NFL right now, with the money that's going to come from sports gambling, neither of them can have this be fucked up. We saw with Calvin Ridley, year-long suspension. Hey, can't fucking have it. Can't do it. Now we have four year-long suspensions, one six-game suspension for betting at a facility somewhere else. Pac-Man, what are your thoughts on it all? This seems to be something that the NFL is just trying to like, hey, 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 hey. But it's a, there's a reason. You can't fuck up the integrity of the NFL. All of us know that. Right. And they tell you this shit from the get-go. It's a big-ass sign in there that said, do not gamble unless they've changed it. I'm quite sure they haven't changed the sign. But, like, this is a big thing. I, me, truly, personally, I think a motherfucker that's gambling on NFL games that's on the NFL roster does, does not deserve to play again. That's just my opinion. Ban them. Kick them off that's the tour. Mm-hmm. Because they take away from what what people think, first and foremost. And second of all, how do I know as a teammate that you ain't got my best entrance? Yeah, yeah. We out here with, with bullets flying right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't. I These don't are all have, young guys back. Yeah, but like it just it still don't make no sense. They know that though. Like you know, Pat, first day you come in there, you have a team. Meeting. The main thing is nobody gambling. You can't bet on NFL games. It's 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 like the biggest thing they ever talk about. Don't be Pete Rose. Um, mm-hmm. and I can't believe the the kid from Atlanta only got a year. But this is this is Cadell ain't gonna allow this shit. I'm, I can tell you that now. He allow a lot, a lot of things. You can say this and say that, but for the integrity of the league, he, this is gonna be. You're probably going to get banned more more quicker doing bad no games than bad hits. Yeah, because you're fucking up everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, for everybody. That's how everybody views it. Now, I didn't even think about Pac-Man saying, like, hey, whenever there's – do we know if this person is on, like, all in or not? Yeah. Which – People get signed to teams late in the week. 
I'm not saying that people that have been loyal to a team couldn't potentially turn. We have seen stories of that, both in movies. Paul Cruz, dude. That's right. Man. Yeah. Paul Cruz. Yeah. Shaving points. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a that was a, he tough, was a scumbag doing it. Found his way. He found his way with the meme machine. Sure. <sighs> had to go to jail. Had to hit rock bottom. Yeah. For that. That's right. But, you know, think about, like, the lower-level roster guys that are kind of turning out, and they're being put into positions where, like, they matter. Don't right. want anybody thinking anything about that particular person for a team. You don't want their fans thinking that. And you don't want any of the business partners thinking that and that's why I think as soon as the Calvin Ridley band came out, yeah. our reaction on this show, which is normally super pro player, like I am a very pro player show, we want to celebrate these incredible athletes, like everything like that, was a bit different than what everybody else was seemingly doing because everybody else was comparing it to like other suspensions that have happened mm-hmm. right. for other very terrible things, which I completely we agree with that. Like there is horrible things that have happened in the past that have not gotten as big of suspensions as the gambling did with Calvin Ridley. Like that was that became the conversation about it. But as people that are in the buildings, like we all very much understand can't can't have it. Right. The whole NFL is scripted narrative that started loud. I thought that the NFL should have addressed that mm-hmm. and been like, listen, if you think we're willing to fuck up the money that's coming in right. five to six years when sports gambling is in 50 states yes. or mm-hmm. 48 states for what we're doing now in 17 states, please have a little bit more respect for us at least to think that if we were rigging games just for money or just for profit, we wouldn't fuck it up before it gets to the the whole thing. Max. Anything like that they would address it, we thought would be a big deal because can't do it. Can't do it. No. But it's a tough time with sports gambling becoming much more prominent. Yeah. And with the NFL utilizing sports books as like team partners and mm-hmm. sponsors and everything like that, it's going to be a fine balance of keeping this younger generation who doesn't appear to be as scared to death as we were about oh, it yeah. all. I came from a massive Italian community, okay? A lot of people I know were potentially, you know, mm-hmm. having thoughts on games. Sure. sure. I had no fucking idea just because I didn't even want to go there. Like, don't even want to think about it. As an athlete, now they're going to have to figure out how to drive that message home. And I think Adele is just going to try to have to suspend people into realizing that this cannot be a part of it because you'll fuck it up for all of us and we ain't going to let you do it. Yeah, because I think after the Calvin Ridley thing, like, a lot of us were thinking, like, hey, Strong suspension, but like this is this is going to show a lot of guys like hey can't do it you know like this guy in his prime loses a year and I guess that is what it is is like these young kids it's just the the hubris of thinking like oh there's no way I'm going to get caught like I don't I don't have to worry about what do they have they have that digital tracker yeah Yeah. as soon as your name goes in there there's like a like an AI an AI that sees it recognizes it sends it to a thing and then an investigation is launched whether or not you joining us now is a man that broke this news this morning uh what a feel good Friday he has had this yeah (laughs) he's already been on NFL Network he's a senior insider for the NFL he's a senior insider for the NFL's website he's a senior NFL insider for the league's Streaming service, NFL Plus, which is still a thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Remember, still a thing. Oh, kicking. He's also the host of the Insiders on the Fast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the weekly wrap-up of the Rap Sheet and Friends. Also the man who just reported that five players have been suspended by the NFL for gambling, either in an NFL facility or on NFL games, Ian Rappaport. Rap, okay, so the Calvin Ridley suspension... I think a lot of us former players, we saw it coming almost because of how serious the NFL has treated gambling since before gambling was ever anywhere near legalized because the integrity of the shield has to remain intact for the good of all of our money, yeah. I think is like kind yeah. of the understanding. Calvin Ridley, year-long suspension. Here we are just like a year removed from that or a year and a half removed from that, and we have five more guys. Mm-hmm. Is the NFL trying to just like – 
what are they, this is a problem? Are we thinking this is going to be a problem going forward? And how do we get in front of it? How do we stop it? And how did they find out about these particular cases? Well, first of all, I think the way you stop it is to do what the NFL did today, which is major significant suspensions, three players suspended indefinitely, banishment, which means you're suspended a year and then you have the ability to reapply after that year. Two of those players, uh, C.J. Moore and Quinton Sievers from the Alliance, have been released. Uh, the commanders are cooperating with the NFL and still looking into uh, the Shaka Tony suspension. The banishment suspensions, the one-year were for gambling on NFL games, so that is essentially similar to what, or the same as what Calvin Ridley got. So I think the message is pretty clear. If you gamble on NFL games, it's going to be a year at least. The other part of this was interesting to me as well. Um, the Stanley Berryhill and then Jameson Williams, obviously a big name, you know, one of the budding young stars of the league, and obviously if people play fantasy, someone who is you know, going to be a big fantasy name, suspended six games for gambling on college games from the facility. That's a rule that I think not all, not everybody knew. We didn't know that. Not a, we didn't know that. I, I, honestly, I, before I started this process like a month ago when I first heard about this, I did not know that either. I mean, I've read the gambling policy and like, I must have missed that. Oh. So I first heard of this because I was like, wait, this is not, a, but then it's not allowed. It's just, it's against the rules. Um, so six games for those guys, you know, will it be the last gambling suspension? You hope so, but unfortunately I thought Ridley would be the last one. Yeah, we all hope that was the case just because the money for everybody gets fucked up if people start questioning. The NFL's script thing yeah. was already running wild enough. Don't need five guys in the middle of the offseason getting caught for what they did in the middle of the season. You said you found out about this a month ago. How do they find out about it? If I do recall from the Calvin Ridley situation, there's some sort of AI that has the entire NFL, every NFL player, and if that name signs up for one of these things, it kind of gets flagged and then sent and forwarded. And then re Is that what happened? Is that how this whole thing was caught? And how long does that take to kind of register? Uh, so I don't know specifically how this case was caught, but I know, like, with Ridley – he was gambling under his own name, I believe, is, is what it was. Now, the NFL has partnered with a lot of different sports books, right? Um, and what happens, you know, when you're a partner or when you get the NFL license or when you work with the NFL is you also work with the NFL. And so, you know, this specifically, I'm not sure. But I do know if you pull out your phone and if you pull out the gambling app and you place some bets, the NFL is going to know about it. And, you know, one of the things I was – the location, you know, yeah. They're I'm, like, hey, oh, you yeah, did this yeah. actually in the building. Mm -hmm. yeah. you have to, your location has to get verified because you have to be in a state where it's legal. That's that is exactly right. That is actually a massive part of the problem of like efficiency of logging in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If your phone, for whatever reason, cannot connect to the app and they don't know what state you're in and you're maybe traveling to another state that doesn't have it, it's like, hey, 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 figure it out. You too. Yeah. Figure out where I am. Could you please? But it's tracking you while you're in there. So that's how they knew it was in the building. And then we hear also there was coaches involved in this. Do you think they were just kind of sitting around in the cafeteria? Love what Shohei Otani's doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love. Like, is that is that kind of the thought of this whole thing? And are they? I assume they're going to make a full presentation about this to every <laughs> other NFL team and NFL program. How many coaches involved in this, Ian? Uh, coaches, I don't know. I, I saw the staffers were involved. I'm not sure if it was coaches. Uh -huh. Pe people uh, staffers, equipment managers can't bet on a oh, fucking no. NBA game in the no, building? What's that about? What are they doing? Give them a break. Guys are washing jocks. Yeah. Let them live. No, hey. 
I, I, I know you're joking, but like yeah. this is if you were <laughs> if you if you were someone trying to get inside info, like there's a lot of different ways to do it, and yeah, it is true. really scary out there. Like, you know, I was I was I, I'm getting ready to go to Kansas City for the draft on Sunday. I was in Vegas last year. I was not allowed to gamble while I was in Vegas on a work trip. Like rules are rules and there are reasons for it. And, you know, NFL players have different rules than, you know, say personnel people or equipment managers or whatever, but there are rules. And the hope is that the integrity of the game stays as it is. And we can all do this for a very long time and, and have, you know, what is to me the greatest sport. And part of the way to do it is to keep it real and legit and that's why these punishments, I think, are necessary. Agreed completely. We're on your side. I think everybody that works in the NFL had the same thought. Everybody that was outside the NFL looking in was like, "That's he's getting a, a year versus what other people are getting. And it's like, we agree. Like, those other shit are very serious and terrible. But, like, the shield, you know? Yeah. Dot has to, the, shield. the shield has to remain as, like, uh, what is happening out here is actual competition, actual sport. Everybody is attempting to do their thing. Uh, even though there's sometimes in other sports where Mark Cuban could get fined seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and then donate another seven hundred fifty on top and say fuck uh-huh. everybody. That's yeah, right. yeah. Luke is actually playing uh, one quarter tonight. All you gamblers out there, or you know, <laughs> one quarter, That's get it. as much as you can. He ain't playing the rest because there's a chance we can go get somebody else. Ian, we appreciate your coverage on this entire thing. I'm excited to see what the NFL forces every other NFL building to do now. You know, like I just find it. I find it kind of weird that. It's only in the Lions building. Like, was somebody there that was a bookie? Commanders, too, I think, right? One yeah, commander, one guy yeah. from the commanders. One, one, one commanders, yeah. Yeah, but it was three of them in the same building. Like, was some guy there a bookie? No, I think it was on an app, right? Was it on the yeah. app? Was it, it was on an app. I, 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 don't, I don't know, but it does seem like the players were gambling together. Like, there were four Lions, oh, and it does seem like team whatever they were fun. doing. It, not all the same infraction, but, you know, same. I mean, they're all, except for Cephas, he's a special teamer. They're all receivers. So like, um, we will say, as friends who have gambled together, mm-hmm. right. a team ride is a good time. Yeah. Great time. It's the best. A team ride is a good time. And I understand how that could potentially build a little camaraderie, mm-hmm. especially if you guys hit. Ah, we're yeah. the smartest people on earth. Yep. If you lose, same thing. Man, we're so fucking dumb. We're so close. Next one, next one. Don't need NFL guys doing it. Okay, when you retire, wait till you get to see. You, you'll get to do all this. <laughs> It'll be so much fun. It's going to be tough to mandate and regulate. Hopefully, they're able to handle it because that cannot become something that becomes real. And to all those guys, hope you learned your lesson. To everybody else, fuck it. You're going to have to go through a 45-minute to hour-and-a-half thing that the NFL is going to mandate for entire buildings. And the people that are going to fuck up, will not listen to a single hour and a half of it. For the people that won't fuck up, an hour and a half of your day will be spent listening to bullshit. So the NFL will do everything it can to stop this, but we just need the humans to stop being fucking stupid, I think, Ian, which I guess is a broader yeah, point. And, well, yeah, I mean, that, that could apply to many, many, many things. Yeah. But <laughs> I would say that that education process has already started. I know there's you know, some agencies now who, you know, in the wake of this, have said, hey, you know, there's a long gambling policy. Obviously, you're going to get presentations, but like, here are the five things you just can't do, no matter what. And like, the fact that, just being completely honest, like, I didn't feel great about the fact that I didn't know that players couldn't gamble inside the facility until this whole situation arose. And like, I should have been better educated. Players should be better educated because this is 
mainly because the ramifications are so serious. Thank you, Ian. You have to know. Thank you for taking ownership of your fuck up of this whole thing. Absolutely. We appreciate you. You're hey, you know what? You're a good guy. You are the best. Ian, you don't know every rule in there? You're not Tom Pelissero. That's why you yeah. got him. He right. actually gets memos plugged into his brain. I need to Upload. ask Tom. I should see what I should have done is quiz Tom beforehand to see if he knew this. Oh, rule. yeah, Ian. Yeah, out. he definitely did. That came out in 1997. There was a full on <laughs> uh, update to the itinerary about when and where you can do it, and they track everybody's phone. Um, fuck. There was something that was sitting right there. Those um, cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gambling in the building at yeah. all. Mm hmm. So Gilbert Arenas brings two guns in the locker room because of a Ray debt, okay, over in Washington <laughs> in a different league. Then the next day, everybody was fake upset that we were all potentially gambling in every other locker room in every other sport. Do you remember this? Yeah, and then they tried to stop all the gambling. Everything, the yeah. They, they just came in. They're like, well, we told you guys you weren't allowed to do this. And it was like, uh, this has been happening for the last 50 years in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this has been, yeah, but we've told you you're not allowed to do it. And then they had like, gambling enforcers almost like people in the building were like hey you need to go keep an eye on the locker room and if there's any cards or dice or anything else going on you have to remind them that that is not allowed in our locker room and that's because what gilbert arenas what happened with that whole situation the nfl will over they will they're gonna protect the shield there will be a big on the other side of this for all the players. Yes. And hopefully that'll be enough to get the message through. But I do fear, like in most things, those who are going to fuck up aren't going to listen. Yeah, It's like they're going to have to learn their lesson. Hopefully it doesn't fuck up everything for everybody. Let's move on to a different subject, Tone Diggs. Ian, none of the news or stories or leaks or whatever, rumors are coming out is super serious news, but it feels like something every single day now that we're getting close to the draft is slight. there's some slight negative stuff coming out about C.J. Stroud. Which team's leaking this because they want it? Is there any any truth to any of this news? Like, what's going on with C.J. Stroud, and why is there, like, a little bit of negative stuff coming out the last few days? Good question. I, I do feel like some of this is, like, not media-driven, but media-driven. Okay. Um, so the Brady Quinn, oh. C.J. Stroud, Manning thing. Do you guys hear? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. there's Big people drama. real mad, yeah. real mad about it. Right, people were real mad. I, I have, I have no idea. I mean, I didn't. I heard that he did not commit to the camp, but just couldn't go. But what, it doesn't. Who, oh, your sources got wow. in. Uh, okay, okay. Rabbit got sources in the situation brewing between Brady saying. Quinn, Ryan Clark, yep. RG3, CJ Stroud. It was a lot. And the Manning pass. I decided for AJ to deny any um, knowledge of anything. Oh, Brady Quinn? I don't. What? Just because we're brother in laws? <laughs> oh, that's what you know. Anyways, go ahead, pal. I'm sorry. Um, no, but that started because. There's all these rumors that the Texans are going to take a position player at two. So then everyone's like, well, C.J. Stroud's falling. And then Brady Quinn was trying to explain why C.J. Stroud might be falling, which we don't even know if he is or not. And then it kind of started this narrative. And I do think that's what happens in the time now where we have – there's no more visits. There's probably not going to be any more, like, pick trades. Basically, teams really? are just setting the board. There's nothing to talk about. So these things happen – to try to explain falling or rising, which we don't even know if that's true. Okay. I'll say this. So we, we've talked before about the C.J. Stroud rumors. I will believe they'll pass on a quarterback when I see it. Huh. Texans. You have if maintained that take. You have maintained that take, by the way, since all of it. And there's been a lot of people right. that would know, you would think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like with deep connections to the Houston Texans that have been like, don't think it's going to be a quarterback. And Rap, you since have maintained your stance, okay, 
We'll see. We'll see if they don't take quarterback. Right. We we will see. And is that punditry you know, or source? It's the problem with the draft is it's all a mix because no one has come out and tell me told me yes we are taking a quarterback nor will they ever nor will they tell anyone so everything draft related like I could feel really convicted on something and then I could go back to someone and it's like oh well hey I couldn't tell you it was the draft that happens every year so like I could I will be right or wrong I don't know which um, but anyway my point is let's say CJ Stroud falls to three. I would imagine someone's going to trade up for him. So him falling could be one spot, literally one spot. Then they reported that the this new Goldman oh, Standard yep. Wonderlic S2, S2 test. Cognitive yeah. test. Which I don't know how any of those scores would be released unless somebody either had it out for somebody or wanted to put themselves over and was releasing scores. Allegedly, CJ's was very low in the score, and that's supposed to be some like recall cognitive brain function test. And there's been a new one of these every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year was like the Goldman standard. <laughs> then the one before that was a different one. Now it's S2. It's like the reason is, and NFL people know this, when you're drafting somebody, most of these guys have talent. There's so many guys with talent. I mean, fuck, there's guys everywhere with talent. It's like in here, can you can you figure out what is in here that they're going to still work and be able to be smart enough to figure out the NFL? And when they get money, are they going to be able to maintain a motivation to kind of continue to grow and get better? Are they going to be a cancer in your locker room? Are they easily swayed into doing things? Like that is all the actual important piece of data that is not found in a combine interview that is five minutes long that's pretty much already kind of scripted. So like the Colts brought in a fucking Navy SEAL and this guy was like, put together a test and he would give it. Bill Polian gave me a personality test whenever I was coming out of school at, uh, at our pro day. I had to go back in a room <laughs> and fill this entire thing out. It was his standard uh-huh. like personality test. So yeah. they've been trying to figure this out for a long time. And I think a lot of these outside companies know that if they figure out a test that gets the right answers, they're going to have a lot of money yeah. from a lot of people. So like this S2 <laughs> test... What does it mean? We don't. We have never heard of this fucking thing. We have no idea who created it, and we don't know if the scores are real. No. But we do know that it was reported. CJ's was the worst. It was like, damn, they're trying to kill this kid. <laughs> That's like, it sounds like everything is like they're trying to, which means it's probably all bullshit. You think? Here's the thing about like test taking is a different thing than intelligence. Like there are people who are good test takers, and then there are people who are. Smart and good test takers only- normally gamers. Just uh just just uh just wanna <laughs> that's a good like good test takers is a good ability, I think, for professional athletes, personally. That because like agree, when pressure's not- on yeah. prepared have to do, well. do you just blank out, do you perform or not? Like whenever people are like, I'm not a good test taker, I'm like, why is that? Like you know your stuff, it's like, well, I just go blank whenever I'm in there. It's like Okay, that'd be a good piece of information to have for like military, yeah. Uh, yeah. professional sports. Right. Like that is, I think test taking does actually have an indicator for performance I under mean, pressure. Personally, m- as a great maybe. fucking test taker, one of the greatest. Right. Are you really? Yo, fucking great, dude. Yeah, it was me versus the teachers. How I viewed it, like, all right, they're trying to fucking beat me on this. What is the, <laughs> what is the answer that they're? You know what I mean? Wonderlick, fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, good test taker, dumb human. So. But I think, ah. yeah, but I think it's because when you get in there, it's like you're like it's competition, I think, personally, is how I viewed it. But I do believe there is like a performance 
in a pressure-packed situation that you can find out about test-taking. So I didn't want to go get you who went to a smart school and like, I have a lot of friends who can't take tests. It's like, well, I don't want your friends doing surgery on me. No, I don't want your friends representing <laughs> no our country. I don't want your friends uh, playing professional sports in any team that I'm, I'm rooting for. But I do want them to teach or give me advice or like consult or something like that. It's just like kind of two different animals. Personally, that's my view. I could but- be wrong. <laughs> no, I get it. But let's say you're the Texans. Let's just play this out a little bit. Let's say you're the Texans. You you know there are two top quarterbacks, right? Bryce is one. CJ is the other. That is accepted throughout everyone I've spoken with. Okay, okay, like that's CJ's- breaking news. That's breaking news right now at this stage of the game. CJ and Bryce still considered just different level than everybody else. Yes. that Now, it's not like a huge, huge, because I, I do believe a quarterback will go four for your Colts. Um Mm. But uh, it does seem they're going to be two, right? So let's say the Texans like everything about DJ Stroud. And I've had people tell me best pure passer in the draft, best they just the way the ball comes out of his hand, accuracy. He obviously was incredibly successful. He seems to be a really good person. Uh, Let's say everything is good except for this S two test. Are you like, whoa, hold on? Like, so those S two tests are accurate. How do who's getting it? Like the company? No idea. Who's releasing that information? Yeah, who's releasing that information? People are talking about it as if it's real, though. Oh, yeah. This thing has been reported for a while. Bryce Young scored the highest on the S2 test. It's like, what is the S2 test? Who's giving the S2 test? And who's releasing the information of the scores? Because all of that is very pivotal to who's giving what information to who. Yeah, that was per Bob. We actually don't even know if the scores are real. And why are all the quarterbacks taking it? Like, who's telling them to take the test? Yeah, we have some. This you answer answer the questions, Ian. Come on, you're you're the the one that's supposed to have all these oh, answers. You know, that's your. This is your job. Oh my bad. <laughs> um, the teams that have the teams that need quarterbacks bring them in, and I think actually they all got this test beforehand, so it wasn't like they did it at the facility. Um, because I've heard about Bryce's S two tests for like at least several weeks now, and he only visited. A couple weeks ago. Here you go. According to um, S2, the 30 to 45-minute exercise is conducted on what the athletics Matt Barrows in February described as a specially designed gaming laptop and response pad that can record reactions in two milliseconds. Ooh. Okay. Fast. It measures how players process and make split-seconds decisions, anticipating, reading, reacting, and adapting to the game are measurable oh. skills. The website offers. Yeah. So this is another company that is trying to create something for NFL teams to use in their testing to figure out whether or not this person is going to be worth a fuck at the next level. That sounds what that is. Yeah. And and they've done a great job. I don't know who's putting out these tests. I mean, I've, numbers, I've heard them too. Um, but this has been a, a great campaign because now we've all heard of this test. Just like a couple of years ago, there was a test to measure like explosiveness in a player and the Falcons were doing it and everybody was all excited about it. And then the Falcons kind of went downhill and everybody... Stop talking about that test. Okay, so let's let's just say that if you were this test company, S2, you know, releasing that, oh, Bryce Young is the best and the number two quarterback is the worst would be great conversation <laughs> yeah. to start. I'm not saying anybody would do that. I'm not saying the S2 people are any ill intent at all, but we had no idea this test existed. And then now it's like, this could be the future of yeah. the fucking NFL. If everybody's taking it, that means everybody's kind of buying in on the legitimacy of it. Congrats, he has to. Perception speed, trajectory estimation, rhythm control, timing control, distraction control, impulse control, stopping impulse control. You think they just put like a picture of like, here's John Morant out at a club. 
he looked at it. He looked like, are they reading his eyes? Sure. In six milliseconds, we told him he needs to call a play or <laughs> go to go to Magic City. Magic mm-hmm. City, there was a live stream of Magic City on the right side of the screen. Then there was a film on the left side of the screen. His eyes, for seven milliseconds, did not leave Magic <laughs> City. So some like, oh, big no. wet stuff comes on the screen. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so funny. Oh Impulse control. Not great. Oh, no, buddy. Was right. Eyes were going right the whole time. Great plays on the left. His eyes were going to the right. They just, you got to worry about that. <laughs> they have an offensive lineman take the test, and they put up like a fucking cake, you know, like a salad, <laughs> like a beer. And they're like, read the eyes. All right, so his eyes went directly to the chocolate cake. Right oh, no. <laughs> this guy. I would love to see how this works. Yeah. This might be the future. I was future. Just thinking like, you know, you're at a party, you're standing with your significant other holding hands, and you just have someone walk by, and it's like, dude, my eyes go, uh, she's watching, she's on the millisecond, and you're like, I, I don't see anything walking. So anything could be walking by, I don't see it. Hey, pretty big part nice of House of Cards. Yeah. That's a massive piece of House of Cards there. You know, if you do recall yeah. how, how that whole story started is because a picture was of a millisecond. Mm-hmm. Just getting caught in game real quick, That's right. and then bang, it's over. Also, like um, uh, guy for Golden State, Canada, great player, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins in uh, Vice President of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. You know, they That's caught right. him. His impulse control for about four four <laughs> milliseconds kind of did a. What if that is what they're testing? That would be good that for us too. Figuring it out. They have said that like GMs and owners like swear by this already. Like they're saying how Tepper is like a massive fan of it, and they think it can predict yes. whether or not a guy's going to be good. Website. So it's kind of already starting to infiltrate. Like the hey, you, you have to swear by the S two. And that's interesting because since the beginning of time, they want to see what the results are. Tell us what the numbers say. What the numbers say. Well, this told us that this happened. They don't even have that. Like no. this is one of the first years, right? That we've heard. Has this been happening behind the scenes? That we don't know about the S two. Is there any like proven blueprint? This is this is the first year I've heard about it by name. Oh, so it's in theory. Um, this is all in theory. Because mm-hmm. yeah, before that, in was... theory, if he looks at the cake before he looks at the thing, he's gonna be a he's shipper. Naturally, gonna fucking <laughs> yeah, go for the cake. Can't the guy just eat a cake? Well, I mean, he, if he's a lineman, he can. Like, he, he, can. Saying, like, he can, but they're a little bit worried that his eyes could have went to the grilled chicken, yeah. you know, in the protein mm-hmm. shake, but instead they went to the cake. But that doesn't measure, like, he knows since he had that, he's got to do 45 minutes of cardio. That's right. Like, that's the things that can't be judged, like the the other side right. of it all, which is why the draft is all just a massive guessing game. Shout out to S2, though. Would love for one of us to take that test that, at some point awesome. to check our uh, impulse control. <laughs> yeah. Timing, and then also, it didn't say like a zero to ten percent is like a fail. It just said basic ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like yeah. above that was like a little bit above base. That's literally how they described it. It wasn't like an F or a below yeah. F. It was like this is how a normal hu- human acts. We're looking for this person, this person. It's like how do you know that? I guess they've been testing since 2016. Zito just said the article I saw earlier said that it might have just been for quarterbacks, but it said generally 80 percent and above is predictive of like a, a guy's going to be a good player in the NFL, yeah. and anything below that is like teams will take him right off the draft board. Even the C, a 75. Yeah, not good. These people have. I mean, I hope this works. Yeah, it's right also analytic. a very cool website. It's very super cool, cool. A lot of flashy graphics. Yeah. They have their own podcast. 
What? Whoa. There's an S2 podcast. Oh, S2 shit. cast? Is, that, is, it, mm-hmm. is it the S2 pod? Pod S2? Wow. It's like Kirk Cousins is a big uh, believer in the S2. System. Oh, volleyball. Shout out. AQ Shipley is actually a big believer in this as well. Really? Wow. He normally thinks all this stuff's bullshit. Well, I guess in theory it should work, right? If you're right. testing for things that actually matter, which is probably why AQ and all these people like it, because at the Combine, we're running a straight line, we're doing all this, like, yeah, we're approving some things, but we're not learning things. I think a lot of people are probably very pumped that they're testing for things that actually matter, which is the old brain, mm-hmm. which is what separates you know, Tom Brady from people that have the same body Tom had whenever he was coming out of college, pick 199, same ability mm-hmm. to throw. It's like, oh, this is the next Tom Brady. It's like... Is it? So this guy is just a psycho. Like yeah. his, yeah. in his, the only thing he wants to do is right. compete and win. This guy's the next Michael Jordan. Oh, because he's the same height. What about what's going on here? I like that they're thinking about it, but I don't like that it's being weaponized against some sure. people when we have no idea the efficiency or if this is good at all. Pac-Man has a question for you, Rap. Rap, um, my question is the running back, um, like, Noah's has been really quiet about the draft. And there's some really good running backs in here. The kid from Texas, Robinson, um, Gibbs from Alabama. Do you think this will be the first year that a running back do not get picked in the first round? No. I think the opposite. I think we could get two in the first round, actually. Those two that he just uh, said? Gibbs, Bijan? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, and Bijan, so, like, I know all the discussion about running back value, position of value, whatever. Bijan is a elite player. And, like, in a draft where maybe there's not, like, a ton, ton of elite players, he's one of them. So, like, if you told me he was, like, a top 10 pick or top 12 pick, I would say that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, and then, you know, Gibbs is, you know, the comparison you get is, like, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Do everything, can play in all three downs, you know, good, smart player, like, I think he probably goes in one also. So, I mean, I, I would maybe a little running back bounce back this year. And it seems it's a pretty good, like maybe not a great receiver draft, really good tight end draft, and really good running back draft as well. Okay. I'm excited for Bijan to kind of do his thing. The over-under on running backs drafted is a one and a half. Yeah, plus Ooh. 240 to the over. It was plus 350 the other day, so it's dropping a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. not bad odds there, though. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> He, he Smart. Can't talk about it. Didn't you text that? The, you just texted yeah, that. Yeah, the line has moved. You just said, no, hey, no, Tim, no, bring no, up no, that no, one. No, no. I'm about to say two. Okay, that's a pretty important number, isn't it, Tony? Nope. Isn't that what you said? Nope. nope. Holy hell, Raj. Not good. Uh-oh. The enemy's Uh-oh. always yeah. within your own camp. That's right. Oh, my God. Bring this guy in. Oh, my God. Five yeah, players, staffers, Why? insiders. Why? Holy. Yeah, no. Why don't you do your part to keep the integrity of the NFL rap? Despicable. Unbelievable. No jokes allowed. All right. I agree. In this particular case, <laughs> we kind of, we, too soon. You got in trouble for jokes before. Oh, yeah. yeah. We need you not betting, though, Ian. Okay? I don't bet. So. Smart. Bet. That's kind of sucks in for you, actually. Zero Hold on. So let's, let's kind of, that kind of sucks for you. Like, you get to work for the league, which is awesome. So you have natural built-in connections for your particular gig. Now you have to work it. You have to go get booze for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to be at every single event. But since you're with the NFL, you're going to be able to get to all these events. That's a weapon. That is a, that is a good thing for the job of being an insider for the NFL. I think personally, I might be mistaken in that. Though, right? Is that a, that's a weapon. You mean for? Working for the NFL as an insider, as opposed to like another network. Working for the NFL, 
a little bit of a I weapon. Mean, to, to me, to me, it would be the same. I would do the job probably the same, but I, I know what you're saying. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You're such a dog, bro. You are. Doesn't you're matter right. who's doing what or who's getting you into any doors. That's right. You're going to knock yeah. them down. Mm-hmm. You're going to run your God. six I foot seven, 200, and all right <laughs> through a door. But the NFL, you're right. not allowed to gamble because he's an NFL employee. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's for the rest of your life. Like right. players, like my message to players would be like, hey, you're going to retire. It's going to be even better when you retire because you're going to have more knowledge. You're going to be able to. You're going to be able to profit off this. This is a job. Like, 80% of players used to go broke. Like, with what sports gambling is going to become, not only as a gambler, a professional gambler, which some guys will become that, and history tells us there's only, like, 15 to 20 of them in the history of the world that have gone on to be very successful. But, like, your insight from being in the game is going to matter even more whenever you retire. Have to view this as next chapter. Yep. Cannot be in this particular chapter of the book or the whole book gets fucked. Yeah. So, like, I think that has to be relayed heavily. But for you, there is no, like, hey, when you retire. No. Hey, when you're 65, when you decide to hang up the uh, the iPhone, you're going to love gambling. You're going to absolutely love it. That's an interesting thing for you, and I guess you don't really care. But if I was in a casino, I couldn't play blackjack, <laughs> oh I'd be fucking God. That'd be tough. Because I'm an insider, well, just, I can't just, play blackjack. Just on a, on, a, on a work trip, you're not allowed to. Oh, okay. If you're being dramatic. God, you're being very dramatic. No, uh, yeah, yeah, you're being dramatic. Yeah, you are. You're, you're being dramatic. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Rapture, you meant someone trading up to three if Stroud were to drop. Who do you think that would be? And then also, six days out, are we going to get any of these big-time trades, Rodgers, Hopkins, before Thursday? Or do you think that is either day of or into the weekend? I mean, day of seems wild to me. Let's start with the trades. Um, I do think we'll get some resolution on these trades, you know, probably before at least Friday, not today. I mean, next week, because, you know, if there is a second round pick involved in this Packers Jets trade, we need to know, like, who's making the pick. So I would say we'd have to know by Friday. For Hopkins, you know, we'll see where he goes, if he goes. But, you know, the draft is a really good time to kind of, like, reset. So, usually, that's, like, the deadline for everything, right? So, like, I do think we'll get finality on the trades at least by Friday, at least when these picks, like, have to be made. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then uh, what was your other question? The no, that trade was it, up right? to three. Yeah, three, Arizona. Three, three, right. Yeah, yeah. Or so Houston. Let's, yeah. Right, or Houston. So, there's teams in the top ten who are probably not going to get a chance to take – one of the top quarterbacks, assuming both of these guys, Stroud and Bryce, go one and two. Stroud's However, okay. if Stroud doesn't go two, then what you're going to get is a lot of teams who did all the quarterback homework. And the teams who did the quarterback homework were the Colts, uh, the Lions had some quarterbacks in, the Falcons had quarterbacks in, Seattle, the Raiders, the Titans. Seattle? That's a lot. Seattle, that's right at five. Seattle. So that's like eight that's teams. You just rattled off like six, seven teams. But this is why the Cardinals can't trade before the draft. Because the price of their pick oh, skyrockets yes. if Stroud's available. Yeah, this is like um, if you have Super Bowl tickets, <laughs> and let's say you have them before the Super Bowl teams are mm-hmm. you know, kind of made. You're, you're following along with the playoffs, trying to see which fan bases are potentially going to make it to the Super Bowl. And it's like if one team whose fan base is very, very aggressive. And in, like, the divisional round, they look like they're going to this. You might get an offer yeah. that is good. Like, hey, we will take it. And you're like, deal. But then if you wait, though, and that team makes it, and you're like, week of, 
That could be a good deal as well. But let's say the two teams that's fan bases aren't big, traveling, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Okay. You hold on to the Super Bowl after getting it, and then the tickets just go boom. You know, you're trying to like ju- that. That potentially happens to some people that get Super Bowl tickets every single year, and it's a real roll of the dice on when to get rid of them, when to hang on to them. That draft pick, same thing. We've seen it with Kevin Costner. That's right. In that fucking movie. That's right. Yep. So I'm excited. Which, which I'm also in. Which draft sheet? Yeah. You're in that movie. You According see, to my sources, I'm, I, what are you? Acting? No, six or seven times you can see me. I am in the back with Daniel Jeremiah, like kind of like over the top left because it's in Radio City. So you can see the back of my head a couple times and the front of my face a couple more times. Wow. Did you get paid for that? You, or just like, you got paid for that or the NFL didn't deal with them so you're just expected yeah. to be a part of it, a part of your NFL deal? They just filmed it and there I was. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. yeah there was no like, no yeah, you can use my likeness. Yeah, it was like, absolutely not. The NFL was like, uh, if you want to, Put we, that fucking idiot on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, can, you can do that. Kobe Fleener was also on there. He was blocking somebody, and we didn't know until I watched the movie. I'm like, Fleener, you're in the you're in drafties. Like, I didn't I don't think he knew. I don't even think he knew. That movie's a good movie. That's funny. Good movie. Could see the Houston Texans do something like this. Oh, yeah. Trade out and then potentially get their Back quarterback up. later in the uh-huh. day. And then it's like, you didn't get a franchise quarterback. You're the worst. And then Kevin Costner sits in the pocket, mm-hmm. trades back in there, gets the guy that he wanted. Yep. That could all take place next Thursday. Most question marks, I think, going into a draft in a long time. Right, Rap? Long time. I mean, literally, like, anything could happen. I have no idea. I mean, I've made a million phone calls sure. and I felt like I knew a lot a week ago and now I feel like I don't know anything. Okay. Sometimes okay. happens this time of year, but it is, it could be really crazy. It does feel like maybe there's even a talk like, hey, let's not do any trades until night one of the draft so yeah. that we can just yeah. cook this thing up because yeah. there has been all quiet on well, every front pretty much for the last two, three weeks yeah. and it doesn't make much sense until you think like, well, draft day, there was the A.J. Brown trade out of nowhere. The Hollywood Brown trade came out of nowhere. The Aaron Rodgers move came day of draft. Mm-hmm. It's like the first day of the draft, there's normally – a thousand things that pop out of this guy's mouth and every other insider. We can't wait to follow along. Are you on TV all day today or no? Uh, today is more of a uh, make the make phone calls day. Okay, cool. So we can ask you another question. Yep. Then. You don't have to get anywhere. Uh, Ty has a question for you, Rap. All right, sweet. Rap that was a setup. You thought I cared. I do. I do. I do <laughs> care. But I just also wanted to know if we could ask you another question with the time on the clock at this point. Uh, Rap Sheet, everyone's making a yes, big deal on. about Tom Brady being at that conference down in Miami and them asking him, you know, whether or not he'd play for the Dolphins. And he basically didn't say no. And uh-huh. he said that, you know, he's he's got a couple good friends on the team. Are you hearing anything that like there actually might be some validity to that? Like, is there any way that Brady is kind of just edging everybody and he still wants to play? I, I don't think so. Um, this is some. This sort of comes up with. I mean, Brady's different. Like, he is way different. So I definitely get that, and especially because he actually has retired once and then came back. Um, I would be beyond blown away. Now, I don't think he's going to play for any team. I don't think he'll play for any team at all. So let me get that out of the way. But if he's going to play for any team, well, it would be team. for the Dolphins because that's Amen. where he lives. Right? Yeah. Um, Tua is the starting quarterback. Um, they have Mike White. If maybe, like, maybe he's the emergency, maybe they're like, hey, just stay fresh in case all of our quarterbacks go down. Like, I, I guess theoretically in that scenario, hopefully it does not come to that. Hopefully Tua is just healthy and then that's the end of the story. But, you know, maybe it's like a – in case of emergency, break glass, but I don't think anything more than that. As he was talking about it uh, on that stage, he looked so cool. 
Oh yeah. Yes. Thanks, so cool. And he's on. Um, he always He's on team autograph team. Yes, he is. Which is one of his companies. NFT and collectible company mm-hmm. with icons. Mm-hmm. He's on. He's on that team, and I will say that they have very nice houses. Unbelievable. Those, the, from what I've, yeah. from what I've heard, everybody involved in that has has incredible houses. Top tier. Very very cool people. How about the Dolphins in their own division trying to poach another team's quarterback like that? I think we kind of just like, oh, they don't have a pick this year because of it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that's the only penalty. That's that, Owners had to be pissed. I mean, that's a, that's a big penalty. That's a big penalty. Yeah, but owners had to be fucking pissed about that. Like, not only Kraft, obviously, but other owners being like, you think yeah. that you can just talk to somebody in your own division and say, hey, I'll give you a percentage of the team. So you're going like against our business mm-hmm. and against the like entire everything we have here competitive structure-wise. Isn't that what happened? That's crazy that we just well, kind of walked over that. I think at the time, I think it was with the Bucks at the time, right? Because it was when no, no he was, was at the Patriots. Yeah, it came out he was at the Patriots. It was during preseason. It was like his last year yeah. at the Patriots, I believe. That's in the division, bro. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean, none of this was good. Um, <laughs> they they did get, they did get, they did lose a first round pick. Stephen Ross and other executives were suspended for a portion. Of the, I mean, it's never, it's never enough. Um, but yeah, I would say that this is not exactly something that make owners very happy. That so, one per club I meeting, think. I bet it got loud. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, remember because yeah. Jim Mercer has told us in that one per club meeting, you say everything you want to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and what are you going to do? Shoot me? And they, and they yeah. said, what are you going to pull out a uh, gun and uh, mm-hmm. AK and shoot me? No. So like, I think those one per club meetings get pretty loud. I would assume that's when all, a lot of the Dan Snyder conversations got real loud, and then whenever they exit that meeting, everybody's like. <clears throat> It was great in there. Yeah. We all Love agree everyone. on everything. Like Jim kind of gave us a little bit of a, a peek in there. An owner trying to poach greatest player of all time from team in division, offering up ownership shares. I wish I would have been in there for that. But if he ends up on the Dolphins, I guess it'll all work out. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Ross went through some shit there. Yeah, big time. Poaching, losing, all these allegations. These are all allegations. And then he said, fuck it. I'll spend all the money I have. I'll have an F1 race here. Mm -hmm. I'll have Tyreek Hill here. I'll bring in Tua. Let's go for it all. It's like he he was heel to quick baby face. That was a good play by him. Uh, That's very (laughs) impressive. As is... You, sir. Thank you so much for all the hard work this week. We obviously can't wait to chat with you next week when you have more information about stuff that matters, right? Hopefully. From Kansas City, actually. So I'll see you from there. You're there all week, huh? Yeah, get in Sunday. I'm going to eat a lot of barbecue. Don't gamble here. Hell yeah, don't gamble anywhere. I don't know if they have casinos, if it's legal or not there. The food, though, is, is fantastic. Also, keep your eyes peeled. There's a wolf that is jumped bail who is a chief super fan mm-hmm. who has guns. Just want to let you know that. A lot of, careful. A lot of, this, Why would you let me know that? Because I'm uh, fucking a good friend. What am I going to do? Doing I'm a good friend. I would run. Your head yeah, run away. This, if you see this thing, you need to tackle, that call thing? the police. You are dog the bounty hunter all of a sudden. <laughs> if you see this wolf, this wolf jumped bail, <laughs> rap. Yep. Going to be well, at the draft. Keep your eyes peeled for this wolf, rap. I will walk slash run the other direction. Or we'll take a nice selfie and I'll send it to you. So you know how we talk about people that aren't good test takers? Mm -hmm. When you give that answer, I don't want you on any team that I I don't want you representing America fighting for us. Mm -hmm. But I do want you to consult for us. Because it sounds like you're a very smart man. You're also a genius. We appreciate the hell out of you. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. What if that wolf front row? 
What if there's 40 of them? There's a good chance. What if this oh. is Inside Man? You remember Inside oh, Man? Yeah, dress that the bank same. robber one? Clive Owen. Where they all just, there's like 40 of these yeah, wolves. All wearing the same thing. That makes sense. Yeah, and the wolf's like, I need to be at the draft. So how do I do that? Well, we need 40 of them. They're not going to check all of us. Yeah, but we would know immediately because he's 6'8", 340. So. Yeah, maybe an homage everyone dresses as. Him. His base pretty sturdy. That's but what I'm saying. We don't know if that's fake or real. He might have like little pillows. Or Could fat. have stilts on. Anything. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for a wolf next week in Kansas City. That's right. For, yeah. the good, for the safety of everybody. Yeah. For the safety of everybody. All right, let's get to a break, bro. AJ Hawk will join us on the other side. His brother-in-law was in the middle of a, a pretty heated yep. internet warrior. A massive Who? conversation the AJ? last couple of days. AJ's brother-in-law, Brady uh, Quinn. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that. Yeah, yeah. You saw that? Yeah. Hey, it was hard not to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was literally our entire universe that we follow on the internet. Yeah. Eating itself. A lot of people get mad at stuff. Yeah. Draft the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brady said, did you listen to the clip, Ryan? Like, I didn't say it matters. Everybody's saying it matters. I'm just telling you that this is potentially what it is. And Ryan's like, I don't fucking want to hear it. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, check Wait, your waiting tone. on your phone call, bub. He said, I ain't your bub, bruh. I ain't your bruh, pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is. Fighting words. They were really wah, getting into it. They were. Exactly. Wah, wah. Well, it oh, did sound like a flock of wah wah. Yeah. Are we talking about Ryan Clark? Ryan Clark. Nah, Steeler. <laughs> Steeler. <laughs> Different story. Bangle. We cannot uh, take. This is a uh, slighted opinion yes. uh, from the jump. But biased. yes, they were I'm really getting into it. A, a Quinn side, then, if, if I had the head of opinions. Well, we would have never guessed that. <laughs> we would have never Shocking. guessed that with how the whole thing goes. But I would like to say that. They got real angry at each other on the internet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it was a big work? Huh? It was internet fight. That'd be genius. That'd be great internet. If that was a work, that'd be great internet. AJ will tell us all he knows <laughs> from the Brady Quinn side. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We will assume that AJ, much like everything else AJ is involved with, had no idea it happened. What'd he yep. do? And did no information. Oh, I heard there was a little deal or whatever. A little dust up? Yeah. Was there a program going They called each other. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Heard about Brady Quinn and Ryan Clark's program? Yeah. <laughs> So we'll get no information on him, but we will try to prod. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, hey, Pat, why don't you have AJ get Brady Quinn on the show? It's like, I'm not getting into that fucking thing. Are you kidding me? That ain't us. We're not getting in the middle of that. No. No nah. way is that for us to get in the middle of. But I would like to say, everybody, push your swords down. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Come on. Happy time. We're all former players. Dreams coming right. true. Okay? Former players talking about the league. If it was like, um, which I guess is why Ryan Clark got so pissed off, because it's like, hey. You're quarterback. He's quarterback. Right. People potentially could have done this to you. Let's not do it. And Brady's like, I'm just trying to give my expert opinion because people are paying me to do that. And I would like to not go broke. You point out how my NFL career went. (laughs) I see it as well. Like, I'm trying to make a fucking living here. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, both of them understand where you're coming from. Doesn't matter, boys. No. Neither of it matters. Mm -mm. Just move along. And for some context, you know. Watch the original clip. Watch the full thing. Don't watch 10 seconds and then just get your marching orders from that. Watch the whole thing and then decide for yourself, hey, do I need to fucking come at this guy? Was he out of pocket? But that's never going to happen. So Welcome to the internet. Exactly. (laughs) Let's get to a break. There's some things that I'll say, and I purposely speak the way I do. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I think every human does that. Maybe. Well. But on the internet, I feel obligated to say, I understand why. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. feel obligated to say it because people do feel that way. Yeah. Passionately about everything. Of course. But I feel, bang, 
But there's been times where while I'm laying out why people would say or think it is to kind of set the context of what's coming afterwards, where that has been clipped and shipped and shopped mm -hmm. and put out there. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm just getting murdered by people. And I'm like, well, right before that, I said, like, yeah. mm -hmm. I could see how people would. Mm -hmm. And then right after, I said, but I feel. Yep. Allegedly. You see what this fucking guy said? But hey, we're in the paint, boys. Yeah. You're going to get dunked on sometimes yeah. when you're in the paint. Right. For sure. Sometimes it's going to happen. Brady got that yesterday. He did. He did not back down, though. Brady. No, he Brady, kept coming. Yeah, no, it was no, good. No, no, no. Brady has one of yeah. those fucking. He is so jocked. Yeah. Not scared. cracker jaw lines mm -hmm. from uh -huh. any of those Santa Claus movies. Mm -hmm. That's Brady's <laughs> face. And then he is shredded. Yep. And AJ said he's not scared of a good debate. Everyone's no. <laughs> he was in there yesterday. He was. Let's talk to AJ Hawk on the other side. We'll also talk to John Rom. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. John Rom will join us in about 13 minutes, obviously the Masters champion. And we have Coach Steichen of the Indianapolis Coach joining us in about an hour and 12 minutes. Nice. He's going into his first draft as a head coach in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. They're taking a quarterback, right? We'll ask him. Ooh. He's going to give us no answers. Nope. No. This thing is going to be a big nothing burger. Mm -hmm. Well, we might get a couple shots. Well, that's Gannon. I know, but they look the same, and he might take that page out of his book. We nice. will ask him about how similar he looks to Gannon, mm -hmm. where I, Indianapolis Colts fan, happy for his arrival, was shown a picture of another coach, and I said, that's my coach. That's right. And they said, nope, that's the Arizona Cardinals coach. <laughs> yeah. And I said, pew, pew, pew. Explosives. I was like, so that's not our guy. No, that's somebody else's guy. Okay, good. Yeah, our guy would never do that. <laughs> but I did think that was our guy. It's okay. Can't wait to learn about him. We're going to ask about him more. Conti, mm -hmm. Colts PR guy, said that, you know, it's going to be tough for him to say much about what he knows because we are just six days away from the NFL draft. Sure. And the Colts are a massive piece Oh yeah. of this draft on what they're going to do at quarterback. What's that mean for other teams and quarterbacks? He said there's seven teams that could potentially want to trade up to three to get a quarterback who've done their research. The Colts are pivotal. So this guy ain't going to be able to tell us shit. Welcome to the Thunderdome, though. Welcome That's right. Thunderdome. We're going to shoot our shots. Yeah. Peel back those layers. I think he's a good guy. He looks like a good guy. What quarterback does he want? Or, you know? Good question. He ain't going to tell us. You see where, who he's leaning towards. He's got his quarterback. He likes, yeah, he likes Gardner. We could just do a... Oh, that one, too. We could just do a... Tell us what you like about this quarterback. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then he'll cut a big promo about that person. Mm -hmm. Then the internet will clip it and be like, Coach Steichen wants Holy Andy shit. Richardson. Here we yeah. go. And it's out there. And we like, tell us about CJ Stroud. And then he'll cut a whole promo. And yeah. then another part of the internet will be like, Coach Steichen wants CJ Stroud or nobody else. We could do that with like four. Yeah. That's how we yeah. get the information. Could do Not the facial idea. expressions as well. Body language. Yeah. The body oh, he did DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Bingo. Yeah. Buffalo Bills. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm not supposed to talk, but yes. Uh, how about the New England Patriots? Uh, get me the fuck out of here. I thought he was just looking over like, yeah, I can see that happening. Maybe that, that is where I go. Nah. That's what I thought he was doing. Connor being a masshole was a weapon yesterday at one of the meetings. He had a sport coat over a uh, a blue tie. Sabretooth tagger. Yeah. Uh, one of, one of the classics we have. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. I got another one on. I forget which one this is. No leopard? Yeah, snow leopard. Snow tiger. I don't know. This guy owns a fucking safari of shirts. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every Holy animal God. that is on the front of a shirt or a hoodie, Connor has it. If I see it, I'll And buy he smoked it. up yesterday. No big oh, deal. Oh, I'm a dope uh, guy. Happy yeah. 420 to Sue Connor. Me, you know? Yeah. In California, smoking a little dope out there. Driving around that city sucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It sucks. Block out three hours.
You think you're close. Anywhere. You think you're close on the map. You know, because blue dot where you are, Four and miles. then like green thing where you're going. And it's like you zoom out even further. It's like, oh, that looks small. Then you zoom in, still look short. Mm -hmm. Zoom in, still look short. And then you hit directions, boom, and it's just red yeah. the entire time. I mean, technically, you are close. Yeah. It's just going to, you know. As a bird flies. As bingo. <laughs> Very close. Very close. Whoa. But then you're getting car sick going through. The oh, place. boy. We were going through some hills yesterday. Oh, yeah. And then Connor smoked all the dope that uh, the city had. Yeah, I'm still freaking high, man. Connor and I running on about four and a half hours of sleep the last two days. It is a feel-good Friday for the for the ages, though. Hey. Joining us now, live from Manatic in Ohio, is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a man who's actually the Ohio champion. Yeah. Just last week, he was given a trophy that was shaped like his face, turned sideways. Mm -hmm. His face is very chiseled because he is a stallion of a man. He was named Ohio's Finest, where he was given a red coat to wear as if it's a Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. and he was titled the champion of Ohio. This is the Ohio fuck of Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, COVID survivor, father of 10, A.J. Hawk. A.J., before we have our guest, because I know you're going to try to pivot to that immediately because we should just never tell you when or how a guest is coming onto the show because you, you know, kind of divert everything. A.J., your brother-in-law, your kin, your family, Brady Quinn was in an all-out internet war yesterday over C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State Buckeye quarterback that has been scrutinized pretty heavily, it seems like, over the last week or so. Is Brady okay? What was the outcome, and what do you know about it all? I don't know a whole lot. I, I was late to the party. I actually saw Brady was traveling here last night with two of his kids because he's going to Notre Dame for something, but I actually had to deliver him little Comrex unit so he could do his radio show this morning because he forgot to bring his. So I stopped by about 945 with my kids and saw him and didn't mention one word about his whole internet debacle, so I don't know. Okay, so you provided him the platform to answer from <laughs> his yeah. That's nice. internet war yeah. yesterday. So you But I do know that he I haven't seen the full podcast. He's saying you need to watch everything. I was pumping CJ up. I was not tearing him down. Well, that's what he said. He said it might have been a part of a conversation the way he was talking about I think he was just giving his opinion, but I think Ryan Clark was like, Hey, why are we even acting like that is a thing? Now, I will say I, too, was invited to that Manning Passing Academy. That's right. And <laughs> that exact one, I was invited, and I did not go. So me and C.J. Stroud both did not go. But if I was a quarterback, I think I would go to learn from a family that is literally NFL royalty and every other every person that, that's there. But we should not act as if that is a knock on why somebody shouldn't get drafted, which I think is really the messaging from both sides, but they're yelling past each other yeah. they can't hear. Do you think that's the case, AJ? Yeah, it's like uh, like modern-day politics, it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah modern-day politics is a lot of, I'm a better human than you. That's no, right. I'm a no. better human than yeah. you. <laughs> no, no, I'm a better human than you. The best human. Uh, really? uh -huh. Have you thought about blah, blah, blah? I'm a better human. Ah, 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 ah. That is politics. But I think in this particular case... Like, there is points on both sides here that are very valid. And I would assume Ryan Clark and everybody else that was attacking Brady Quinn would agree, like, hey, there might be some teams that go, like, this guy had the opportunity to go mm -hmm. kind of be in Peyton Manning's, like, fraternity almost. Yeah, Peyton Manning's a guy you would like to learn from. Why would he not go to that? Now they might ask a question, hey, why'd you choose not to go to this? They get their answer. They're cool with it. I think even Ryan would say that. And on, on to the other side, it's like, 
this is not a reason you shouldn't draft a fucking guy. Right. No. Like, this is not a... But I don't think that's what Brady Quinn was saying ever in this I, entire thing. I don't think that's what he was saying either. Um, I think Ryan Fuck. stepped out of bounds because he... Obviously, he didn't listen to the whole interview. He listened to the part that they fucking clipped. Um, but, yeah, if I had a chance to go... Anywhere that Dion was doing the camp when I was coming out of fucking school, I would have been the first one in the line. No matter if I was getting paid or wasn't getting paid. And I was using Dion as a reference because I played corner. Um, same thing with Peyton as playing um, quarterback with CJ. If he could have made it there, we don't know the reason why he didn't make it. But shit, you should have been there if you could have if, if you could have made it. Which is a natural thought. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, whenever you're trying to break down everything about somebody to decide whether or not they should be the face of your franchise, you have to take every piece of information and overanalyze it. Yeah. So choosing not to go to the Manning Passing Academy, mm-hmm. there's somebody in every building that was like, well, he did. He, <laughs> interesting. Right? right? He did have right. a chance. He didn't do it. And that's just the reality of the situation. Like, that is just the reality. That is how this actually goes because there's way too much time to overanalyze everything in this draft process. And it feels like right now, C.J. Stroud is in the bullseye of all of it, A.J. Yeah, he he really is. But it's also like there's not one thing that's going to come out to sway a team one way or the other. It's just you're gathering information. It's it's another piece of the puzzle. If you're trying to evaluate these guys, yeah, you got to take everything and you got to find a way to sift through all the garbage and then try to make a good decision come draft night. Do you think Brady Quinn loved yesterday or hated it? Oh, I think he's okay with it. I think Brady has no issues, uh, you know, going back and forth with some people. Maybe not. I don't know if he likes to do it as publicly, but, yeah, I've, I've told you before. He doesn't mind arguing. He doesn't mind arguing. Okay. <laughs> what a line to say to somebody. So he loved it. How do you know not that? Not with well, me. I've seen this fucking guy argue. Yeah, this guy, <laughs> not bad. Get, not a bad debater. Debate. Yeah, he likes to debate. Like, oh, who's the better three-point shooter team? And, you know, that's not really my gig, so I just bow out. You know, it's interesting, though, because Brady is an Ohio kid, right? Oh, yeah. And obviously, his family is married into Ohio State royalty. Right. Mm-hmm. This is actually the face of Ohio. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this guy right here, Ohio. Ohio State fan. So now he was being targeted as the guy that was trying to bury oh. Ohio State. It was, as I was following along on the internet yesterday, I was so confused. I'm like, somebody had to have got trolled by somebody here. There must be a McCockner situation. Yep. <laughs> it's 420. And then as I was reading it all, and I was reading Brady's answers, which Nobody was going to see. No. Brady was like, listen to the whole whole thing. It's like, well, once you have to start saying that, you're dead. Yep. Nobody is. That ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That sail, that sailboat has sailed across the Pacific, Mm -hmm. which has massive waves, Mm -hmm. probably for numerous weeks, if I had to guess, if you're having to explain yourself. Listen to the whole thing. Listen to the whole thing. They're not. Nope. That's not going to happen. So hopefully this is just a wave that kind of passes and they'll do it. And hopefully neither of them kind of stick their grudges for a long time because we're all in each other. That's right. right. Yeah. We're all former players, AJ. Yeah, all former players Takes here. all of us. Takes all of us, right? Speaking of it taking all of us, these young fucks need to stop gambling on football if they're in the NFL. <laughs> AJ, seriously. Don't they know that? Don't they see their signs everywhere you walk? Like, yes. here's your... You see the hydration? Your piss color should be this and don't gamble <laughs> on football. That's the two things you learn in the locker room. First thing you see, first thing you see in the locker room, they got them in the fucking stalls. Um, when you shave your face, they got it up on that board. You go back in the locker room where the Gatorade at, it's up there again. Walk through the tunnel, hey, say it up there again. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Is it still like that, though? You know? You would 
We assume it, it is. I would, it, I would, it may be more. Maybe more because I don't remember guys getting busted gambling back in the day. Dude, think of. Because we were scared, AJ. We were scared that we fucking get suspended indefinitely. Don't be Pete Rose was literally something that was just right. like hammered into our heads. like in the. And I'm yeah. saying our because I was in that building. I'm nowhere near as athletic as everybody else in that building. But I had to sit through all the monotonous meetings mm-hmm. where it was like, this is the. Hey, don't do this. This, this right here. You know how um, Lion King, Simba? Sure. Just don't go don't to that go spot mm-hmm. right there. That one spot. Come on. Don't go there. Elephant graveyard. Literally everywhere else, you're cool. Yep. We're the fucking kings of it, actually. That's right. Don't go to that one spot. And being a young little dumbass, yep. direct a beeline to yep. that place. Have exactly. to do it. It's like that is pretty much what the NFL says. Hey, do not. This will mess up everybody's money. Yep. We do not need that at all. And then now it's like five guys, four guys betting on the NFL. Staff- the coaches or staffers? Do we know? Staffers is how it was presented. Ian Rappaport, when we pressed him on coaches, he said, I don't know if it's coaches. I think it's staffers. So sound like equipment room, maybe trainers, maybe GAs over there, people that drop cards. Mm. Who knows? We'll get more information, hopefully. But we hope this stops. And a lot of these guys just ruin their entire lives. Yeah. You know, an indefinite suspension, if you're in the bottom half of the roster, like teams are like, nah, we might as well just pay somebody else. They're not going to do it. And it's like, it sucks. But the NFL is like, you're not ruining this for all of us. Mm -hmm. That can't happen. We have to remember it as sports gambling becomes more and more a part of all of our lives. Yeah, to your point, I believe all the lines besides Jameson Williams, they have been cut or released, I should say. And I I assume the commanders guys. And and Calvin Ridley got picked up because Calvin Ridley's a dog. He went for be who you can afford to be is the NFL. First round picks. Yeah, like that's going to – they're a – but if you're not, like, why are you even touching this? Can't happen. Mm-hmm. Join us. Let's pivot away from this. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time major champion, more recently Masters champion, an absolute dog on the golf course. I believe he's won s- how many tournaments already? Seven? No. This year? Four total with the Masters. Yeah. Four total this year, and he the amount of money he's won. <laughs> so much. Oh, I don't want a pocket watch. Absurd. But this guy's pockets are deep right now. <laughs> That's right. Because he is fantastic at golf. Ladies and gentlemen, John Rom. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for that introduction. Rombo, listen, we're massive fans of yours, pal. Congratulations on the Masters, honestly. Yeah. Two weeks ago, so, you know, you can't live off that high forever, but I think with the Masters, <laughs> you actually can, right? You can live on that. Uh, Good. Kind of. Yeah, you'll be <laughs> teeing off yeah. like 55 years from now yeah. to start the Masters because you're down there. I do also like the fact... Great putt here. Uh, great moment. Unreal. Way to go. I do like the fact that I think you're on with Coltsy and Nosty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of the show? Uh, Gravy and the Sleaze. Gravy and the You're on a show, and you had the green jacket on, and you kind of broke mm-hmm. down all the rules of the green jacket, and you said you had to get okayed from Augusta to wear the jacket on that podcast, and they said yes. I do like that Augusta said, do not wear it on that fucking dipshit show. <laughs> I, do, I, do like that, <laughs> I do like that that happened. Let's dive into it, John. You're the man, bro. You are the yeah, absolute yeah, man. Yeah. I hope you get, Thank you. I hope Thank you get you. a chance to take it all in. What is life like? Is it different now after the Masters Championship? Are you still just a driven guy? You have so many big goals. What is life like now post-green jacket? You know, the funny thing is life will put you on your place. So we, we came back from the last tournament. We had a bit of a celebration Tuesday. And then automatically the next day, my entire household was sick. <laughs> Wife, two kids, over 100 fever, just not doing good. So basically oh. the last three, four days I've been home trying to hold the fort down. Now, I have an amazing wife who can do that in her sleep. 
I haven't had to take care of both of the little kids by myself <laughs> ever. <laughs> so it's been a bit of a challenge, but it kind of it really puts things in perspective, right? In that sense, um, I, don't, I haven't really gotten a taste of the impact of a Masters win yet. Uh, yesterday, I took my oldest Kepa to a bit of an afternoon. My thank God, our parents-in-law, my parents-in-law live close by and they can help. Uh, I took him out in the afternoon to the mall and he had a good old time. And I, I get the impact a bit of people, right? Like they now when they see me, they they understand who I am and they stop me a little bit more. Not on the level of many other athletes, not even close, uh, but a little bit more, right? I started to see that how big a deal the Masters is. is the one event maybe that most maybe non-golf fans actually still watch. So it's been a lot of fun so far. Um but uh looking forward to the rest of the year. That's the thing with golf. It, it doesn't really stop, right? Uh ever. We have three more majors, a lot of more designated events, Ryder Cup, FedEx Cup. So hopefully I can I can keep doing what I've been doing and, and accomplish a few more. Hey, John Rom, how is it when the Masters? Well, my baby's puked on a green jacket. Uh, <laughs> for five Almost years. happened. Really? Almost When I was exactly getting ready to go to, go to Colts and Drew's podcast, I was holding our baby. And I had the jacket. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take off the jacket before something may happen. Because I can always change shirts. And I pass it off to my mother-in-law, who was wearing white pretty much completely. And instantly, a second I pass him off, he throws all over. He throws up all over her. Yeah. Yeah. We were three seconds away from a disaster. I can't be the only time somebody throws up in a green jacket, but I didn't want to make the phone call. Yeah, hell no. I understand. And good feel, by the way. Knew your baby. Yeah. Hey, there's something coming here. Yep. We need to get it out immediately. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. John, on that podcast, you mentioned earlier in the week, did something happen where you had to park across the street and walk? And you know, we were like in a crosswalk with all the normal patrons and everyone going to watch the show. Like, what day of the week was that, and how did that feel? That was Wednesday. So, uh, to my knowledge, I didn't know this was a thing. This year, Augusta at least had a one car per player per family for player parking, right? And they give you a little sticker on the car. So obviously they know who who it is coming in. And I left, it was a bigger car, an SUV. So I left that car at home because he had the car seats and we were going to do the whole par three thing afterwards. So I left it at home for Kelly and I drove the other car. And at first we thought we had approval and I'm there at like six in the morning and we find out I didn't have approval and I didn't want to just go in with my batch and maybe get in. Like I know they would have let me in, but what they're, or we, my manager already called uh chairman ridley and i didn't want him to get a win of me getting two cars in there and you know get banned for life <laughs> so there's this place called double eagle across the street literally across the street from from magnolia lane and they let me park there now first in the morning not a problem i walked to the light you know there's maybe 10 people that saw me there but everybody that saw me there had the biggest most confused look <laughs> anybody would ever think i mean can you imagine you're in a super bowl and you just see one of the players in the regular like, oh, the guy that was going to be the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. that would be the Just waiting with the duffel bag in hand, backwards hat, and my, my, my workout shoes on and, and, and my sweatshirt. I'm just holding it like this. And uh, a couple people realized, but most people walked by, just couldn't credit what it was. And then uh, the chaos was in the afternoon when I have to leave, and this place has a 45-minute wait. So there I am waiting for my car. <laughs> yeah, and, that's when, and that's when Colt saw me, and, and he was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, it's a long story, but... Two cars, one car, mm -hmm. didn't want to get banned, yeah. didn't want to piss anybody off, didn't want to ruffle any feathers, but had to be right. here, forced to be here. So now, yeah, 45 minutes, Colt, we're just kind of hanging out. It's good to get back to your roots. You know, maybe that kind of put the chip on your shoulder to go on and do the win. I think the reason why everybody likes you is because not only do you hit the ball big and everything like that, but you're, you know, you're a lumbering dude. Like for me, for instance, 
watching you and Brooks battle was awesome because it's like big guys, you know, like bigger dudes doing their thing. Seemed like you guys were having fun, laughing with each other back and forth. But then as we learn more and more about you, and I think the Masters does a great job of telling stories, and that's why it is so big internationally, I learned about why you're swing. So I'm a, I'm a small swinger, half swinger as well. The reason why I do it is because I'm not athletic enough to make solid ball contact, so I have to shorten that thing down, and I'm nowhere near as flexible. I learned about you that your swing is like that potentially because you were born with club foot, and I don't think I knew that until the Masters weekend. Is that the true beginnings of why your swing is the way it is, and does that still affect you now? I don't think I know enough about what club foot is. I want to let you know, incredibly inspirational, and I think a lot of people hearing your story thought it was awesome. Honestly, John, seriously, so, you're a good dude, bro. So, thank you. It's isn't that something I talk about a lot, but it's and I've learned recently that when it comes to club foot, I'm in a less severe end of the spectrum based on the people I've met. But if I have to give you an image, and I don't want to give you one, if if you're sensitive to these things, don't watch. But uh, my right leg, picture this. I don't know if you can see it right there. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, if this is my my leg and my foot, right? looking from the side my leg up until the ankle is fine and then my foot was turned 90 degrees and then another 90 degrees this way so the whole outside of my foot and the top of my my toes were on the ground Um, when when was this when you were a a child of born i was born like that i was born what do you do hey buddy what's up buddy there you go so (laughs) uh, how are you good to see you no he wanted to bring me a chip look at that you know how they were hungry (laughs) <laughs> Hell yeah, that's so, the most relatable thing. I'm keto. I can't eat that. I like this house of chips over there. So, so the funny thing is, I was born with that, and then at the time, the process is at least what they did to me is they took my foot and broke it into place. So and especially broke my ankle in place, cast it right away. So my parents saw me with a cast on within 20 minutes of being born. And uh, what that did is when you're growing so much, how you doing? Look at that. <laughs> Don't 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 call, don't cancel the show. Now you do whatever you want. You do whatever the hell you when, want. When uh, when you're developing as a child so quickly, that leg didn't develop the same way. So from knee down, it's smaller. See everybody. Hey, see you, dude. Can we have it? Hey, yeah, he he likes being on TV. Hell yeah, he looks very natural. Ain't yeah. he incredibly cute? Yeah. What's name? Oh, what, what's his name? His name is Kepa. Kepa. Okay, Keppa. Okay, Keppa. Okay, Keppa. Yes. I'll be out there in a second. I see you, Keppa. Hey, good luck out there, Keppa. He wants to be on the show. Hey, Keppa is better on the show than all of us. We would love to have Keppa on the show. So as soon as you, so from the knee down, just developed differently, just did not fully because what happened? From knee down, (laughs) from knee down, my leg is a little shorter. Um, if you do the metric system, it's a centimeter and a half. Um, for most Americans, about half an inch. And then my right foot is smaller as well, uh, with very limited mobility. I mean, they, my my the way my ankle developed is is barely anything. So for that reason, I had to get two surgeries to stretch my Achilles tendon to get a little bit more mobility. But even then, it's very 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 limited. So when you're talking about loading your right hip in golf, right, I my ankle can't support a full turn. Therefore, three-quarter swing. I mean, that's that's basically what it is in a nutshell. Now, it, it helps It helps to be 6'3", 250, to still be able to carry it yeah. far enough distance. 
yeah. right? It helps to be a big enough athlete in golf to that still get the leverage to hit it long enough. But uh, yeah, that's the way I have the swing I have. Okay. Is, is that right? Walking, no problem. Do, does it pain? Is there still pain because of everything? Or is it just this is just how the leg is? No, that's just how it is. I mean, I do need the obviously I need special insoles uh, that would allow the difference to be minimal. Uh, I do spend a lot of time taking care of my feet. At the end of the day, in golf is the only point, point of contact with the ground. Most sports, actually, right? So I make sure my my right foot is healthy because uh, if my right ankle or my right leg starts getting tired, that bleeds into all this hip and different issues. So I do spend a lot of time making sure my feet, you know, activating my feet in the mornings, making sure they're healthy. It's it's something I'm very, very aware of because otherwise, come day four on a place like Augusta, going up and down those hills, your feet get tired. It's, it's this very simple thing that can affect your swing you don't realize right so especially in my case if my foot gets tired it's going to affect me a lot john the first time i ever walked a course was out at lake tahoe and uh before the thing even started we were doing the pro-am i had 14 blisters on my feet my legs were so sore <laughs> it was tough and I, I immediately was like i have not given enough credit to the golfers for walking 7,000 rounds a year because you guys are on Wednesday through Sunday, hopefully, every single week on repeat. The physical toll is a, a big one, which is why your story is so good to hear for a lot of people. You know, that's massive inspiration for folks, especially because you're world number one right now. So guy whose foot, whenever he was born, upside fucking down, mm-hmm. have to break <laughs> his ankle. The treatment is different now. The treatment is very different now. I've met a lot of people that had a much worse case than me. Like people have both feet like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different to where I'm not exactly familiar with it, but I've met a few kids with uh, with clot feet, and now they have full range of motion. Would have never known. Well, science right? is awesome. I mean, but you got your Achilles yeah, stretched incredible. twice ankle broken it's not the same size doesn't have the same amount of mobility you said your ankle is pretty much shit like ankle is nothing and you're the world i mean it's it's yeah it's 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 very limited very very limited like you can if you have someone you guys probably know but like if somebody's broken their ankle and they've had to screw it together could be close to the mobility i may have but i was born with it so i'm just I don't, I don't know any difference. Yeah, but you're the world. You know how many people play golf? I play golf. Yep, Ty I plays play golf. golf. Connor plays yep. golf. Tone yep. plays golf. Pack plays golf. Just yep. played yesterday. New pair of PXGs. Yep. AJ plays hockey. He's a sandbagger. So don't, you know, how many strokes <laughs> you give him is probably going to be. Everybody plays golf. You're the number one golfer in the entire world. Born with that. That story is a great one, John. You should be incredibly proud, bud. Yeah. Honestly. Thanks. No problem. Hardships are not something that everybody is built for. You clearly are. And to rise to the top of your field in which there is a lot of people trying to do the same thing in a sport that the sweet spot is that big and how repetitive you have to do it is an incredible tale. They're going to draw cartoons about that in the future. You're going to inspire people forever. That's amazing. Oh, Connor has... Go no, yeah. <laughs> Keppa's going to be reading... Uh, yeah, Keppa's going to be watching a cartoon about you mm-hmm. with his kid, I think. Connor has a question for you, John. Yeah, Rombo. Obviously, one of the big conversations at the Masters was the whole pace of play situation that was going on with you and Brooks kind of waiting around a lot on that final round especially. Has that been something on the tour all year or was this just kind of in the forefront in the biggest tournament so it was a bigger conversation then the, the pace of play this has been an issue on the pga tour for a while quite a while and pretty much has having on tour the last six years it just doesn't usually happen that the final group is waiting as much as we did that doesn't usually happen now there's a couple of factors um for people that know enough about golf on sunday we 
they split the field. We usually tee off of one and two sums, and we go in an interval, so maybe 10 minutes. And that usually, you know, the field is open, the course is open, so you play very fast. Uh, we did split tees, and you had, I think it was 25 groups off of 10 and 24 groups going on of one. So the, the course is just packed. And because you're twosomes, you're moving at a fast speed. But if somebody has some issues in the hole, that creates a whole roadblock and you're waiting, right? So a lot of the waiting was that. That that was what happened at the Masters. Now, there is some slow players out there, but a lot of what happened that day was that. Now, I understand when you see the, the two guys in the final group, and I, I've seen those pictures of me and Brooks at 16. It's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I mean, yeah, you yeah. did wait quite a bit on that hole. It was a long enough way to where some girl got famous and she's getting sponsorship deals out of it. Over the right? shoulder, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about this till like yesterday. I thought it was funny as hell. Like, am I eating my sandwich over there bored after my fifth trip to the bathroom? And Brooks is there as well like this. <laughs> just like, what is going on, right? It's just, it's just funny. It's just a funny situation. You ate the sandwich. John. Hold on, though. Before you ask your question, you just brought it up. <laughs> you always eat your sandwich like that, John? What happened there? Is that like a, a sp- I usually ate- I usually do all at walk. Yeah, but you ate that sandwich uh, like bread on the side. Yeah, like I, I think they got you a shot. Yeah, you ate a sandwich <laughs> like a hot dog. Is that is that normally how you eat the sandwich? You brought it I up. Don't know. That was amazing. I don't know. I was like, my brain, my brain's thinking. I got this far to the pin in this whole situation. I don't think my I was really in control of my hands. were doing. <laughs> Let me just get this down my gullet. Yeah. However, I do. Pretty go much. Ahead, go ahead, AJ. John, a couple of years ago, you were trying to uh, defend your title at the Memorial, and you you got called off. You had a six-shot lead, and you got called mm-hmm. off after your third round. And Pat and I actually were talking. We were trying to figure out how the hell did you get home to Arizona after that? What is the logistics like, and what did it feel like getting called off there when you knew you had a six-shot lead to go back-to-back on a huge tournament? So it felt awful. It felt awful. Um Thanks. You know, I did the test that morning because I was on the, what is it, COVID contact list. Somebody I was – in contact with tested positive. So that was literally the last day I had to get tested, right? Had I been negative, I would have been cleared. Um, but yeah, I finished playing and they tell me, hey, you know, you tested positive, you can't play. And I was like, well, it's a little ludicrous that we're playing an outdoor sport. I've been doing this entire week and now I can't play. No, right? no, no, John, not ludicrous. Makes like, sense. Now, two years later, it sounds so crazy <laughs> to every single person that can think of it. At the moment, you could understand and. I was mad at first, but then this whole week, by the way, I was in a trailer, like a cubicle they put on the parking lot because I couldn't even go in the clubhouse. And my caddy and I were in there and we're sitting. And after like five minutes, I mean, I had to wake up my parents to tell them. I had to call everybody, call my wife, call everyone to talk. And after a while, I'm like, I mean, this is the funniest thing ever. Like I have a six shot lead, arguably playing the best golf of my life. I'll be the first person to defend that tournament since Tiger in 2001 or something like that or 2000 and i can't play because of a virus i don't even feel i have right like it's just crazy it was it was crazy at that point we were laughing because i told adam i'm like at this point this is always going to be remembered as you know the tournament that won somebody won because i wasn't there period yeah. um it doesn't count as an official win but in my mind i won and <laughs> I don't know what made me process it so well, maybe because I wanted to make sure my kids and family were okay, who were at home, and and uh, I laughed about it. Now, the funny thing is, I say that next day I wake up with 101 fever, not feeling good <laughs> at all, so I'm like, maybe they had a point, you know, things happen. And the only reason why I was able to get back is somehow 
my agent, God bless his soul, found this ICU plane, this ICU private plane. And it's basically the pilots who are EMT trained, one EMT on the back, me and a stretcher on the side, just in case. Well, how big is the plane? Mind. How big is the plane? Is it like a larger plane or like you kind of... No, no, it's a small plane. It'll be like a phenom-sized plane. It's not big at all. I mean, you could see three people, one more on the stretcher if you're laying down. That was about it. <laughs> so now not only do you find out that you can't finish a golf tournament, you get a six-stroke lead in to do something that only Tiger has done. But also you got to get a little baby plane, the Wright brothers well, plane, and then I was, just, I was just happy I could get home. Let's be honest, I was happy I could get home. And I'm and like halfway through the flight, I'm thinking, well, if something were to happen to me, at least I'm taken care of up here, right? Yeah. It could be a lot worse. Uh, but then, yeah, then I get home and I start getting all the symptoms, right? My my taste goes well. Actually, I got sick. Then I tested my two positives within five days, um, and then after tested, uh, sorry, negative, I lost my sense of taste and smell. It was very weird. How long did you lose your uh, smell and taste for? How long was it for? Two or three days. It was quick. Oh, see, some people got that for like six yeah, months. Still mm-hmm. battling it. People. people didn't even have like their taste for like a year or something yeah, like yeah. that. That was a wild thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that you ended up having to go through all the symptoms afterwards. I'm happy you explained that. Look at them yeah. looking out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Keeping people safe. That's right. Smart. Keeping people safe. Now, you won that tournament. Oh, no, no. Good. It worked out. It worked out. I can't complain. Well, you didn't win the money. You did not win yeah, the money. Yeah. That is a part of your profession. And I think I won the U.S. Open 10 days later. It's okay. It <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah Rom. Pac-Man Jones has a question for you, Rombo. Um, my question is the championship dinner is a, is a big thing. Um, oh, yeah. I looked and seen Tiger did uh, surfing turf. I know it's a year away, but have you thought about the dinner that you, you got to pick? I've, I've thought about it a little bit. Um the first thing I learned is that we pay for it, meaning champion pays for it. So uh, it's a good thing because, you know, you don't know the, the rules Augusta has and they don't have. So uh, I know they're really good with prices. So it's going to be a great thing about that. I have thought about it. It's obviously going to be Spanish themed. Uh, a good friend of mine is, is world-renowned chef Jose Andres. Uh, if you don't know him, you should look into his life because he's incredible. And yeah. he, he's, he helped Sergio Garcia with his dinner. He's going to help me with mine. If you know about Spanish culture at all, the only thing that I know I'm going to have for sure, the appetizer is uh, jamón ibérico, Spanish jamón. Uh, of course. Which for some people kind of looks like prosciutto if you've never had it. Oh, oh. Capicolo. Okay. And uh, I have an idea of the dessert, which is from my hometown. Uh, but everything in between, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure it was going to happen. So uh, I also don't know what the rules are. I don't know if I can pick the wine or not of, or if it has to be from from Augusta or not, like I haven't asked enough to know what is going to be, uh, but it would be very different to what Scotty did or maybe Tiger did, right? So it would be very much, very much Spanish. Have, did you, obviously, you've been there and now you're a champion of the place. Have they given you a tour of all the grounds? Because I think their wine uh, cellar is very, va- from what I've been told, very, <laughs> very, very vast. So I would assume that they're going to probably have you pick from, if I had to guess, right? Is that kind of your feeling as well? I have no idea. I have no idea. Are you a wine drinker? Uh, you a boozer? You booze a little bit? No, I, 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 I'm not drink a lot, uh, but I do. I do enjoy drinking wine and tequila. I actually have a, a tequila sponsorship that started this year. So, what company? Not all, but I do. Terramana? Is it the Rock? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's called uh, Maestro Dobel. I've never heard of it. God, do you hear how cool you sound whenever you yeah. say that? That's so That's sweet. Delivery. God. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hell yeah. Yes. This guy's going to go get a bottle. Tequila. What? What? I think it's a memorial trophy right there. 
JJ what? Hold on. There you go, right here. If you've oh, ever seen it. Oh, Dove Monte. It looked like he done had a couple swigs out there. Yeah, it doesn't look like <laughs> a fresh bottle. <laughs> there was a few empty ones on Tuesday. Oh, got to celebrate. What are the trophies behind you there? AJ just said that maybe is the memorial one right behind you, those trophies? Uh, uh, yes, so this right here. Hold on, right here. Yeah, that's uh, memorial. Maybe AJ. Tory Pines above it. This one is the Genesis from this year. Uh, this whale thingy is uh, the tournament of champions in Hawaii. That's actually when I won the the Oregon invitation in college in 2015. There we go. You see that tiger in the corner. That's Tiger's event. Yeah, it's a office trophy room slash everything golf related goes in this room. Situation. You're a dog, John. You yeah. are great for <laughs> golf. Know. Ty has a question for you. John, every time I watch an interview or like see the way you operate, like after you're playing, you're so affable and likable, and it's like, man, this guy's awesome. But you have a killer mentality on the course, and you are like very fiery and kind of, you know, it's like, have you always been that way? Um, because it is it, like you, you really do seem like you flip the switch on the first tee and you're just a fucking killer out there. And also, when did you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to be a guy in terms of golf? Yeah, so I've always been that way. Uh, I've said many times, the first four or five years of, my, of me being on the tour, up until this memorial thing happened, there was always this narrative that I was just an angry, fiery Spaniard, and nobody ever looked past that, right? Uh, I said many times, you can't judge. And as athletes, a lot of people would understand. You can't judge what I do on the golf course but, and assume I'm the same person outside the golf course, right? I'm there to compete. I'm there to win, period. And when I'm competing, I take my shit seriously, right? And that's kind of how it is. I get mad when I miss because it matters to me. Outside of that, when I'm off the golf course, I'm a normal person. I don't – I'm not competing against anybody, right? So – uh, I think recently people started seeing the difference and paying more attention, right? Um, it happened around that Memorial U.S. Open thing. It's like I won a major and then all of a sudden I had credibility <laughs> and people cared about what I said. And then before that, not really. But uh, I understand why people thought that way. It, it is what it is. Um, and to the second part of the question, in my mind, I've always been confident, right? It's just golf is such a hard sport to get to the top one like many others so there's been stages live that I, i've basically proven it to myself right i mean I, since i was 14 15 every couple of years i was able to accomplish something that gave me the belief that i could get to the next level and you know that carried me all the way up i always believed i could be one of the best players in the world but you know blind belief is hard to to have forever um and luckily all those accomplishments get me going and, and validated that belief. Yeah, well, your confidence comes from all your hard work, I would assume. Uh, that's like kind of yeah. every single yeah. professional sport. The hard work is like, oh, how, why are you so confident? It's like, well, you didn't see, like, everything that I've – if I don't perform, I'm going to be very mad about the time that I've wasted <laughs> kind of doing this whole thing. That's in all sports. Uh, what I did for a living, people used to compare it to golf. Even though I am not a good golfer, most people that do what I do are a good golfer. So I had swing thoughts, though, like before a punt. Drop this flat, swing through. That's mm -hmm. all I was thinking when I would go on the field. Drop this thing flat, 
kill this thing. Like, that is literally all that's going through my head. You have a big-time iron shot on 18, I believe, to win that thing. Moment's huge. Now, you've been golfing for a long time. This is the Masters. What was it, 16 million? Was it 16 million people watching, probably? Oh, yeah. yeah. 16 million people watching. Yeah, this year it was 16, I believe. Huge numbers. Not a lot of people are doing that. Congrats. You're a draw, by the way. You are a draw. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know when we're there. You can't tell who's watching. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still Augusta. You know what the deal is. You're you're standing over that thing, the ball, sweet spot this big. The head of a club is so small, like su- such a high failure rate to like, especially in one of those moments. What is going through your head before this? Do you have swing thoughts? Do you try not to think at all? Or what is the conversation with Rombo while Rom is playing out there? When, when I've been at my best, I don't really have more than one swing thought. I, I can't have more. That's me. If I have more, things are not right. What is it? So when I'm it depends. It varies. Moment to moment, week to week. Sometimes it all accomplishes pretty much the same thing. Sometimes you just need a different feel to get the swing going and the, and the sequence that you want. Uh, at the Masters, especially of the tee with the irons as well, I was basically feeling a little bit extra release, right? Uh, that was it. What's that mean? The, and by mean release is uh, I, need, I need some room here. Uh, hey, don't knock down your yeah. No, no, no. So... When you get to the top, it was basically feeling more of this forward, not released this way, right? A bit more of this. It would be almost like an extension. Got it. If it makes any sense. So that that's what I like to feel. And it carried me the whole week. And it's something that I go to very, very often. It's it's a field that that has helped me a lot with my swing and my mechanics. Uh, but sometimes it's a different thing that accomplishes the same. Yeah. For me, I found out like each game during warmups, I'd be like, developing almost a brand new technique i'm like i've worked all year to get to this day and all of a sudden i'm like oh maybe i'll drop it a little bit lower today and i'll do that and, and it works it's like the ball center like all right this is what i'm going with nice to hear the same things happening to the number one golfer in the entire world i think the big thing about learning about you is why people liked you tone has a question about something that i think has been great for every sport that it's getting involved with. Yeah, John, talking about separating you on the course versus off the course, I think Full Swing did a great job of that with a lot of guys this year for the first ep- or first season on Netflix. Um, how did the how have the guys who who weren't a part of it reacted to it on tour? What's the what's the thoughts about it on tour? And have you thought about being a p- participant in it going forward? So I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> people have told me what what they've done and. I feel like we have so much going on in our life. Like we're playing so many weeks a year and I travel with my family that the last thing I need is more cameras on me, <laughs> more interviews and more things that are time consuming. And that's the only reason why I haven't done it. It's not that I don't think it's a good idea. It's just, I take my time very seriously. And if it's going to come out of somebody, it's going to come out of my family time in tournaments. And that's just not going to happen. And I'm not going to give them access to my house. And if they don't get enough access, my episode wouldn't be good enough. So that's why I've decided not to do it. Um, that's mainly it. I have just—they're out there. They're still there, and they're still getting bits of me, uh, you know, in the background or or playing with somebody else or whatever it may be. But I, I just felt like it was such a big time commitment that I didn't want to—that I, I wasn't ready for. That was it. I think that's what. That uh, go ahead, AJ. Sorry, do they ask to mic you up during your rounds? Not me. Got no chance. <laughs> I love that. But, but so what I, I can't, go ahead. I can't say this. They told me once 
that they were going to mic up a Canadian player that was going to do the documentary, he was going to be in my group. And I said, absolutely no chance. It's like, what do you mean? Well, I don't like, at least we have some privacy when we're walking down the, the fairway. And sometimes we're talking about things that maybe the world doesn't need to know about. Yes. Okay. I'm sure that happens on the football field. Oh, the yes. Hockey ring. It happens every So <laughs> on the show, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not the best idea to throw a mic in there. And, you know, put us in a bad light when we're either maybe just blowing some steam off or, mm-hmm. or you know, talking about whatever it may be that's that's making us compete better, right? That, that's my whole thing. I think it's great if they can catch the player-caddy interactions, but a lot of in between, maybe not. Yeah, you gave an NFL player and coach answer right there because, like, hard knocks became a thing. And I think the Cincinnati one yeah. was maybe the best one where the yep. players were looking at the camera saying, fuck you. We yeah. don't want you. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. you don't deserve act. <laughs> like, that was actually happening, right? Yeah, I think was. That, was, that was during Harrison. your year there. Like, the, the play, NFL players are very big. Like, and when you're mic'd up, you have to go tell. Hey, hey I'm the police. Yeah, like, hey, I'm, like, nobody talks to that person. Yeah. Like, literally, nobody talks to that person. So your answer very relatable to us. But it seems like golf is trying to do everything it can to kind of grow the sport, grow the game. And I I think what I took away from the full swing show was your guys' schedules are impossible. Like you taking time right now to join us, you're you're a rock star. You guys are on the road, golfing, at home, golfing, sneaking a family member or two. And then that just like goes forever. You just talked about, well, we still got the FedEx Cup. We still got this. We still got that. We got three more majors. It's like your schedules are not easy at all. I think it helped us respect your life a little bit more, if that makes sense, from outside looking in. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand um, the the lifestyle that a professional golfer has. We travel a lot, but all we see is the inside of airports and airplanes uh, and then hotel rooms, and that's about it. That is about it. Because Wednesday through Sunday – you are spending a lot of time on the golf course, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Maybe you have time to go out to a dinner in between. You don't really have much time, especially if your family's there with you. So, yeah, I mean, this is – I'm playing next week, defending my title next week, and then after that will be my first two-week break of the year. What are you doing? You got anything planned or are we just staying at home? Well, Monday and Tuesday I have sponsor commitments. So uh, of course. Pleasant yeah. to yeah. Uh, now you add that into the equation. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it is part of the – I mean, it's, it's part of what we sign up for, but uh, that's one of the things that the schedule is changing. Honestly, one of the things that Live Golf kind of allowed us to push for, which was less golf in the fall, right? Before that, you would – this is the ludicrous thing about the PGA Tour. Before that, you would finish the FedEx Cup, finish the season, announce your champion. Literally 10 days later, there's a new season started with a new leader. Ten days later. Well, right. We could that, get. In, that was. I don't want to get into the whole live golf conversation with you because you are one of the faces of the PGA right now. So it's not enough time or reason to get in there. But it does feel like golf <laughs> is on a trajectory like this, and you are the perfect person for them to have out there. Very relatable, very cool, and an absolute dog, dog on the golf course. Six three two fifty of Spanish love, and congrats on all the success. Good luck defending your title at the Mexican Open next weekend, and we appreciate the hell out of you, John. Oh, thank you, guys. It's my pleasure. Hey, Mexican Open, I was looking at the course. That first green looks like a cakewalk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ertz, what a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, John Rahm. Yeah, 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 y
It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, well, I had to bring it up. It's football and golf. Mm -hmm. And as I saw his time running down, I was like, poor host. Didn't even bring up the Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt thing. Like, that is our world (laughs) literally coming together. So I had to sneak it in there at the end. But their schedule does not really allow, like, marketing, you know, for the program because – yeah. The exhaustion, like him doing that show, we were very thankful for. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Him doing that right there, he took a lot of time away from his family. He's off this week. I think he's not playing in a tournament nope. or whatever, so he's back next week. They are just on the road for like 40-some weeks yeah. <laughs> playing golf every day. Oh, you get to play golf. It's like, well, it's not just like fun golf. It's like every single shot is Count. potential. Life or death almost. Yeah. Like, here, this, is my, this is my whole future life and my family's life depends on how I do in this tournament. Not a fun professional athleticism after watching full swing like okay not nearly as desirable yeah. as i potentially when you're killing it when you're killing it it probably is and you're john rom in the year he's having but then when you it always like comes and goes i feel like those down years or those downtimes cool. you got to feel like you don't even know how to hit the ball those gotta feel like a month feels like five years yeah because i'm on the road sleeping and not my bed playing golf terribly oh my god being exposed to the world too if you're a big name they are zooming in on you missing a putt by oh, yeah. that much and then right to your face Ugh. oh i'm watching some that jordan spieth putt where he yep. in yeah. playoffs Lived and it misses out. it's it would be hard not to murder the golf hole yeah like, it would be hard <laughs> like i hate this yep. thing it would be hard not yeah. to do that and then they just got to pick back up hey you're, we're up again tuesday yeah, yeah. you gotta do the same thing again over and over and over and over. It's a wild ride, an absolutely wild ride that golf has. Well, and for a guy like him, you know, it's not like a lot of these guys who are it's like, hey, make the cut, you know, grind a little bit, make as much money as I can. It's like you're going in every week like, I should fucking win yep. this tournament. Like, if I if I don't finish, if I don't win or finish with, like, a top ten, like, this was a huge waste of time. This is a huge failure. Like, right now, literally every tournament he plays in, you're like, oh, yeah, you expect. I bet I bet on him because he's 6'3", 250. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to bet on him every time now that I've heard him talk. He he sounds like a dog. He's, you see yes. you see what he said? Like, yeah, I get fucking pissed when I don't hit the fucking putt. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? care about it. He used to be. He's like, for a while, he was just that hothead who was never going to win. Yeah. Because he couldn't control his emotions enough. In golf, you have to control your emotions because there's if you're literally just tense up at all, yeah. you're not hitting the shot that you want to hit. Mm-hmm. It's... It's a crazy sport here, and then obviously physically, and then you just have to maintain this regimen that seems absurd all year round. It, good on him. He's number one in the world. Yeah. Not yeah. easy. Oh. And that clubfoot story is very that's crazy. Yeah, that's absurd. I love the Can fact. Can he run? How's he run now? I don't know. That's a With the special insoles. I don't know I if he runs he, a lot. I bet he can. Golfers don't have to run much. No, they don't have to run much. But walk. Lot. Miles, I'm always impressed by how much they walk and like his being able to keep his build by how much, even though he walks all those fucking miles. Well, that's because he's eating sandwiches up and down, that's right. shoving yeah. them down. Choco, Choco. He said he didn't even know that happened. I'm like, <laughs> I did immediately as soon as I saw you pick up the sandwiches. He's not eating it like that. <laughs> what kind of sandwich was it? I don't know. It's, it's PB and J, high protein. It looked like there was some meat in there. I think. Oh, really? I don't know. It was thick. No, I had meat in it. It was the master's, white bread. Master's Ooh. cheese. Hit it. Yeah, pimento cheese. Pimento, <clears throat> pimento cheese. I don't think he was eating a five dollar pimento cheese in the middle. Probably peanut butter and jelly. A lot of them take those out. I feel like. Why is that? Good protein, good sugar boost too, right? 
I don't know. I mean, peanut butter and jelly, it, it just tastes very good, I feel like. That's probably why. <laughs> I love PB&J. It's so good. Me too. Love everything about PB&J. Diagonal. Cut that sucker diagonal. Sorry. Oh, oh you no, go. no. You're 100% right. Toasted yeah. bread. Toast that bread, too. I made that for my daughter this morning. for Uncrustables. Crunchy peanut butter, too, right? Yeah. We in there every once in a while? I'm into crunchy, yeah. My kids, not so much, but yeah. Oh, they'll learn. They'll get better. Mm-hmm. Fuck they'll get there. Idiot kids. They'll get there. <laughs> I mean, these kids. There's... <laughs> <laughs> Grape? We're grape, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I can do the red, too, if I yeah. need to. I can do the red as well. I didn't even know what it was in my head. I was thinking grape or that other one. Mm-hmm. Strawberry. In line to us. There right to our face. Like, he eats bread. Okay. Yeah, or, or jelly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no chance. A lot of sugar in Peanut that. Peanut butter and jelly is so good. What do you, you eat? Jam? You eat jam, not jelly? <laughs> jelly don't shake. I, don't, I mean, jam. What is the difference in jam and jelly? Please well, go. don't. Come <laughs> on. Get to a break. There's an old joke that probably said a lot saying, in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. What is that one? I I, I forget a little bit of. <laughs> what the difference that. between jelly and jam? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. You tell me, dude. <laughs> You're a terrible guy. I, for real. I I no joke. Forget it. You're the one that brought it up first. So who's terrible? Who's the worst terrible? Oh, I brought it up first. We're actually on camera, bro. Everything we fucking say something is recorded. About jamming in something, you can jelly in something. Oh, <laughs> yes, you okay. know it. Oh, yeah. I don't. But I don't know the specific. <laughs> It's crazy you learned that so quick with that big Brock head you got. You know what I mean? I don't know it exactly. <laughs> it's like the old Big Johnson shirts. That's what I feel like it is. Same yeah. from those. Hey, those hilarious throwback. People used to say very absurd things publicly on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. That, that seems to be forgotten every once in a while when somebody says something. They're like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, do you know what used to just be oh, common? God. Common conversation used to be fucking absurd. <laughs> Normal. That one was just, you're in Ohio. You're down in Georgia. You know what he was saying. <laughs> Iowa, you knew that one. Pittsburgh, that one was being yeah. said. That one was just classic street joke. You know, dude, sweet jelly and jam. And then something very offensive. <laughs> yeah, I never heard yep. this. I'm bummed. Oh, uh, your generation. Yeah. Coastal elitist. Before my time. Hey, tell your generation, stop betting on games. We are okay? actually in the same generation. Let's keep in mind, it's actually Mitt's generation. Mitt. Man. Tell your generation to stop betting on games. Can't have it. No. Can't do it. This yeah. can't become an off-season ritual. Hey, this number of players were betting on games, okay? Because that's just the people that were caught is people's natural thoughts. Mm-hmm. Need to keep the league, AJ. Need to keep the league. Protect the shield. They're trying. They're trying. That's why this indefinitely just means a year a year minimum, and then you can appeal after a year. Mm-hmm. Is that what that means? This one, yeah. That's what this one means. So, like, Jameson uh, Williams, the star of the bunch there, wide receiver, yeah. six games because he was betting on something that wasn't the NFL but he was at the facility. Mm. So that one I could see how Jameson would be like, come on, mm-hmm. you know? But If he was at home, if he is at home, is it okay? Feels like I so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't make much sense if that's the discrepancy. I understand them not wanting you to gamble at all and definitely not wanting you to place bets while you're in the team facility. Same thing while you can't even have a gun. You're not technically right. supposed to have a gun in your car. Like optically. They're just trying so to cover. Just off, yeah, because if you're just sitting at your locker, but guys I guess, can't be gambling on sports in, in NFL. Look. Like that's that's how the NFL views. Yeah, yeah connect yeah. the dots. Yeah. If this guy's gambling on this, it's only a matter of time before he says, "Ah, fuck it. There's nothing to gamble on tonight. I'll bet on right. an NFL game." Halftime. Take. Just wait until the next chapter of your life, okay? And for some of you guys, we ain't never heard of you. The next chapter's coming soon. Yeah, okay? yeah. So just yeah. it's actually here for. It's it. coming much faster now <laughs> because of this. But just like oh, yeah. it's worthy, yeah. it's worthy of waiting. It's worthy of waiting. And this is your post NFL career. Potentially not gambling because it's very difficult to win, but your information, your insight, your story matters a lot more now than it's ever worried or mattered before. Like just wait because you're fucking it up for everybody. Potentially.
Yeah. Definitely don't, don't, definitely don't use your, your own name and social security number and all that. That's for sure. Oh, you're saying go to a oh, shady. Okay. AJ. <laughs> if, it. It's AJ. if you have to. I like to give options, guys. Sorry, you can't just. Oh, sorry, guys. You want to jeopardize the integrity of the game? At least do it in a smart way. Got a loophole. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Dipshit. Do it like we used that. to. Go through the time. Bingo. <laughs> Call Diggs. I don't know if Diggs ever ran a book. I don't think he did. No, but I could. Find a book in a bad hole. Walk into the kitchen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now there's no reason to run a book. We had a couple friends that were running books, though. Yeah. What a decision. Yeah, that's that, an interesting game. That's an interesting life. Risk. Mm-hmm. Risky. Yeah, because you got to be a guy at one point. Like, that's the purpose of running the book. Like, you got it. Like, at some oh, point, yeah. somebody's not going to want to pay you. So, like, you're going to have to. There's going to come a time where they're going to be like, bet. Okay, you won't do shit. And then it's like, okay. Yes, yeah, and that's when it gets very real. You know, it gets, it's like signing up for that is an absurd thing. So that's why I think legalized gambling is good. Mm-hmm. Regulated is good. It's safer than it's ever been to gamble. And also with the rules that each state has, they kind of try to protect you. People are still losing money, but they're trying to protect you from yourself and also from a situation that used to be pretty common practice in the gambling world, now kind of out of there. But just wait till the next chapter if you're a professional athlete. That's right. For the good of all of us. Yes. But the people that are going to do it, they aren't going to listen to me say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're not going to listen to AJ. Nope. They're not going to listen nope. to Pac. Nope. And they're not going to listen to that four-hour seminar that every single NFL team is going to have to sit through within the next two weeks. No way. No, it's – people that need to hear it aren't going to be listening. Nope. Sucks. It's usually how it is. There was a DUI situation. Remember, they had the whole building had to go to a DUI seminar. Mr. Turner. That Remember Mr. Turner, AJ? Guy came and talked? Who? The video they showed us of Mr. Turner. Yes, 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 yes. Remember the uh, guy what that was got it a, drunk? Was it a DUI deal? I told you I was drinking, but I wasn't motherfucking driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Now I got it. I got it. That's what, this, that's what the NFL does, yeah. though. Something happens in the NFL. It's like, all right, we're going to let everybody know. That we are not letting this happen. Yeah. Brutal. Everybody in the fucking building has to go to whatever room it's on. 3.30, everybody has to be there. Yeah. You're not out of there until 6, okay? We are going to teach you everything about what could potentially happen. And I hate to reiterate this because it's like kind of a pessimistic view on it. The people that need to hear it aren't listening. Nope. But the NFL says, we gave a three-hour fucking yeah. seminar. Get our, Get our backs. That's coming for the gambling thing very soon. Oh, yeah. People need to hear that DUI talk or probably snuck a flask in because it's such a long meeting. They're like, hey, I need at least one drink while I'm in here. You want me to go to a three-hour conference and not be boozed up? What are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, but you got to give you know General Bobby Carpenter a break. He's got to have a drink here and there. All right, just get to a break. <laughs> Come on. Let's get out of here, huh? Hour three is on the other side. We got Coach oh, yeah. Shane Steichen joining. Oh, yeah. oh, when did that, nice. that just come about? Or so I think it happened a few days we back. We forgot about it yeah. though. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. It's huge. Yeah, he's not going to tell us shit, AJ. Nope. This guy ain't going to tell us a damn thing. Ballard Why do you say that? Ballard was talking about that today. Draft. Uh, yeah, Ballard gave an answer about not lying, but he can dance around and withhold information pretty much. <laughs> Today's a dancing day. Today, and that's what you do with Aaron Rodgers' information. Speaking of, is he? Uh, what's going on with Aaron? Is there any news? There's no news on my right. front. At NFL yeah. Rums tweeted that if it's not the Jets, he ain't playing football no more. What? Ooh. And granted, NFL Rums has never reported something accurate. <laughs> but it was a tweet. 
It was a report <laughs> on, the, on the internet. It was a tweet. Do we have to talk that about it? It was out there. AJ, is that true? You would know. I would not know. I, but I can't. I don't know, man. That'd be weird. He feels invested now to go play for the Jets. You think if somehow that falls through, he's like, oh, I'm cool. I'm going to go surf and talk to the whales. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, you never know with that dude. Who knows? Well, you do know. That's why. That's the point. Yeah. You don't. I don't think he knows what he's going to do minute to minute. So how would I know? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's one of the best descriptions. Is that, is that some yeah. kind of slander to the guy? No, no. it's not. So I was. <laughs> He's a free spirit. He flows with the wind. Free. Uh, it's amazing. Because he is the person that's being talked about yeah. by so many people. And like his best friend here. Best friend is like, I don't even think that guy knows what he wants yeah. to do. Yeah. Minute to minute. Now think about him in that darkness. Minute to minute. <laughs> for four days. Oh, yeah. With nothing at all. Now that this is like the guy who knows him best. That had to be a wild journey for Aaron inside of that hole in Oregon. And he came out of it, right? Remember, looking for something, found the motivation. Yep. He's ready to go do this whole thing. He's an iconoclast. You know, like. Look at that word, huh? He is an iconoclast. What? You wouldn't get it. What made you want to use that? What are you talking about? Can you define it, please? Siri, will you please define <laughs> iconoclast? And now would be the time where a speaker would show up on the other side of the room mm-hmm. and deliver the definition. <laughs> but basically, he breaks the mold of what he's supposed to look like, what he's supposed to do, how he's supposed to act in theory for what an NFL quarterback is. He is very iconoclastic, okay? He is an iconoclast, which is an incredible word that has always been in my Rolodex, AJ. So stop with your laughing. A person who attacks cherished beliefs or institutions. A destroyer yes, of images used in religious worship. Now, that second one a little bit more serious. Yeah, not And we sure. haven't got yeah. to die. But he is his own being. And I think that is why he is so highly scrutinized and talk about, uh, talked about. But all iconoclasts that have ever existed have been talked about in a similar light in different buckets. Get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, an Italian man. Drove a car to our building just about 35, 40 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. When they arrived here, they were in a super cool Jeep. I mean, I've never seen a cooler Jeep deliver somebody to a building <laughs> than what I had just seen right over here. The man that was driving that is the Colts PR guy, Matt Conti. Conti, obviously a character on this show. Oh, yeah. People know Matt Conti mm-hmm. because anytime something happens with the Indianapolis Colts, we go, Conti. Come on. Conti, how is this even a thing? Fix it. Conti and I have traveled to Japan together for a USO tour. He has been the one who had had to tell me about all my tweets that were terrible and I had to delete them. I would obviously never delete them. He would have to go back and have a full conversation with his bosses about not getting the job done. But Conti is an absolute legend. And what Conti did for us today is uh, nothing short of stupendous. Mm-hmm. He's jacked up right now, too. He is jocked. He, he looks jocked. Look at that. Jocked. Hey, super Italian shirt, too. Yeah, yeah, he does. Super, super Italian, Italian shirt underneath yeah. the super Italian shirt. Yeah, he's got, a, uh, he's got a, uh, a beard. White tank top, tight tank top. No, no, two different things. Yeah. Let's make sure we know that. Uh, but you look fantastic, Conti. Proud of you, buddy. Hey, what are you proud going? of you, Conti. Who would have thought you would have been the head PR guy whenever you were coming up to me saying, hey, this tweet, like, 
going to have to do it. And I said, I'm not deleting it, Conti. Go tell them that uh, I believe in every single character of this 140 characters. Can we not just, nope, Conti, that's not how this is going to go. Now he's the head guy, uh -huh. most influential guy, able to do what he did for us just now. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us live on stage. I don't know how much he knows about the Italian guy that he's going to work <laughs> hand in hand with mm -hmm. or that he was driving in a Jeep with today. But he's the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Obviously, one of the magic minds behind the Philadelphia Eagles' incredible run and offense last year. High school teammates with Austin Colley, Coach Shane Steich. Yeah! Coach, how are you, pal? Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. I uh, I didn't expect to say all that about Conti, but we got a camera on him. Yeah, zoom so in. The, the fact that we got a camera on him had to really live it up because now he's sitting down over there acting like this whole thing is is all done. Conti's a legend. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know that. Uh, and we apologize for wasting your time, especially in a very busy time that is now. And everybody's expecting us to chit-chat with hey, you. Hey, real quick, Conti's worth it. Yeah. Hell yeah. You can yeah. take the time on Conti. Oh, so you know that already. Yeah, he, he's a stud. How many days have you been here? Do you know? Shoot, I couldn't tell you the exact number, but two and a half, two months, whatever it's been, two and a half months. As soon as you get here, do you move here immediately? Uh, I don't. My family's still out in Philly. So but. you're staying hotel here right now? Yeah, I'm just in a little condo. Okay, we appreciate your immediate mm -hmm. dive in. You're a hot name in the head coaching search yeah. because of the success that you had and also the development of Jalen Hurts. Going into last year, Philadelphia Eagles could win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But can Jalen Hurts take the next step? If he can, cool, he's the guy. Just got a hundred and some yeah. million guaranteed. Congrats to him. Let's go, Jalen. But if he can, they'll get rid of him. They actually said that was like the conversation going in. Like this is a proving year for Jalen Hurts on whether or not he can be an NFL quarterback. He did. You are a massive part of that, obviously alongside Sirianni. So when we go into the head coaching search, your name is a hot one. Why would the Indianapolis Colts? Do you think ended up being the spot that you're the head coach of? And please know that we're very thankful that you're here. Well, I'm, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, anytime you get a chance to be a head football coach in this National Football League, I think you just can't ever take it for granted. And uh, the process that they went through, the hiring process they, that they did, and the questions they went through and asked me, um, I had a great experience with them, hit it off with Chris Ballard, uh, the Ursay family, going through that process, uh, felt really comfortable with them. Uh, they ended up offering me the job and fired up to be here. What were some of the questions? Anything cool? Like, hey, if you were a kitchen utensil, what would you be like? That? No, I don't think they went there. A lot of football stuff. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, boring, a lot of football boring, stuff. I remember yeah, it was twelve yeah, hour meetings, stuff. and yeah. the Colts did the most of them. Fifty ones. of them, sixteen hour meetings, full days. Was that what your life was like? And what, yeah, I probably. I think it was about fifteen hours <laughs> of interviews. Dang. What did it feel like? Just Chris Boward wanted to know that he was getting the right answer next because of everything that the Colts have been through the last couple of years? Is yeah, no, it was, it was really, it was a process. I had the Zoom, so I, we had the first round by, so we, I couldn't interview in person. So I had to do the Zoom interview on that first round by. did that. That was about a four and a half, five hour interview. And then finally, after the NFC Championship game, I was able to interview in person. They came out to Philly uh, and sat there with, you know, everyone with, you know, the organization and talked to Mr. Ursay for a while, for a, a lot of time. So it was a good experience. How was that, brother? It was great. <laughs> Love Mr. Ursay. He was awesome. Had some great conversations with him, and uh, it went well. He's an iconoclast. He's awesome. I can't say enough good things about him. He's been tremendous uh, with me, and uh, look forward to working with him. I just learned that word yesterday, so yeah, I'm going to start forcing it in everywhere <laughs> right, I can. There you go. But it works for uh -huh. Jim Ursay. He has a lot of iconoclastic tributes. He kind of breaks the mold with everything. We talked about this while the interviews were happening. We hate that you have to, before the biggest game of your life, spend hours talking to another team. Like, we hate that that is the way it goes. You have to do that because there's only 32 jobs in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do that, 
completely absurd. Did you worry about that at all? Did, was there a thought of that? Did it interrupt anything? Or the, the thing that worked out good about it was, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl, we, you know, we prepared, you know, that week in Philly, and then Friday afternoon, just in a normal, you know, you know, normal work week of a season, you get those Friday afternoons off, and then Saturdays as well. You come in for the walkthrough, and then you come back Saturday. So. Those two days, you know, it's just like a normal deal. That's when I did it. So it, it worked out good. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, you got the job, Andrew. made the, I mean, yeah, the Super Bowl. Right, and got the job done. Uh, uh, the natural question about the year that you had, and the boys have a bunch of questions. We, I mean, the head coach was in the building right now. Yeah. This is a big deal. We are very thankful for you coming here. But the natural question to ask, especially six days out from the first round of the NFL draft, your first time being an NFL head coach, he's like, okay, his team needs a quarterback. So, he had success. Well, Jalen Hurts. What? When was that? Last? Just last, last year? Last a year. couple of months ago. A lot of success. Right? They were killing. He was going to get cut. Yes. Remember yeah. if this guy can't. Mm-hmm. And then now he's the he got the biggest guarantee outside of Deshaun Watson right. in the history. So that means that if Coach Steichen is asked by Chris Ballard, what type of quarterback would you like? He wants. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Okay, so he likes Anthony Richardson. But then you do a little research. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Had success with Rivers, too. Rivers not yeah. really the biggest motion guy. How much conversation have you had with Ballard about the quarterback pick or the quarterback situation going forward? And what has it been like knowing that this is your first year going into a draft? And there's a lot that is kind of on the line at the most crucial position on the entire team. Yeah, I think we've had uh, a lot of conversations. They're still ongoing. You know, we're six days away from this thing, and, you know, people always ask, like, who are you guys taking? Well, we'll find out when the draft comes. You know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts that happen in that draft, uh, but we're just trying to find the best players that are going to find to give us the best chance to win. That's it. People say, what type of quarterback do you want? I want the guy that's going to give us the best chance to win. How do you find that out? Is it workouts? Is it questions? What about this S2 thing? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I've heard a lot about different tests, different things. You know, we take everything into account. Not tests, but obviously who the person is, what he's like, personality, his traits, how he is around the building with his players. And obviously, this, you know, the tape speaks for itself, you know, on a lot of these guys. And a lot of these guys have talent uh, that they can play really good football. Uh, so it'll be interesting uh, come Thursday. Coach Sirianni played rock, paper, scissors with people. you doing the same thing? or uh, I'm not paying rock, paper, scissors, uh, but it, it was good. Would you play cornhole or did you? Cornhole's not bad. Tic-tac-toe? Golf. Ooh. You're golfing oh. with people? No, I'm just saying you can. <laughs> you can. Could you imagine you bust out a golf sim in those meetings at the Combine? People walk in for their little 15-minute meeting. Hey, let's show you something. <laughs> Pop up a golf sim, play a quick three holes or something like that. AJ has a question for you, Coach. Coach, what was uh, what was it like going to the combine as a first uh, first time head coach? Was it a little different than uh, your times previous? Yeah, no, it was. It was a little different. Obviously, you know, you're in every single meeting now. As you know, when you're a coordinator, you sit in all the offensive uh, formal interviews. But now, you know, you got the defense uh, formal interviews to go through, and just so just getting that process together, seeing all sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, special teams are a big part of this game. Hell yeah! Uh, so. You know, we got to, you know, do our due diligence on every player in this draft, offense, defense, and special teams, and, and try to find the right guy. Have you, obviously, you've had to take things from coaches that you coach with in the past, but now that you're getting a chance to kind of shape a team for the first time in your complete vision, is there a way you're asking questions of people? Is there something you're looking for for a player on your team? Now, I know Chris Ballard is the general manager and you are the coach, but these conversations have had to happen. Is there something that you want to like kind of define or a trait? In the your trait, team? too. I, mean, I just want guys that love ball. 
guys that are just football guys. I mean, those guys that are really love the game of football, you know, those are the guys that have a lot of success in this league. And, and the high-character guys, the guys that I've been around, been fortunate enough to have been around, uh, one, they're really talented players, um, but really good people and do it the right way. And I think those guys that stick around for 10-plus years, they all kind of have that trait in common. So if we can find that as coaches and as scouts and get those guys in our building, uh, I think you got a chance to have a really good team. You love ball, normally do more work because you're enjoying it. So, like, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. It's like, well, that also accounts for, like, extra reps, extra jugs machine, extra recovery, extra rehab. It's like that one thing – helps out so much other shit if they love the game. I th- yeah, there's no question. I will, will say that's one of the questions I do ask all these players. I, I want to know their weekly process. I want to know these college guys, their Sunday, they play on a Saturday. I want to know their Sunday through Friday, what they do to prepare to get ready. From every detail, when they come in the building, when they leave, how they watch tape, how they break it down, when they work out. Uh, I do. I, I and I you can tell that from that answer, I think, quickly, right? Whether or not they love what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, some guys, some guys are a little more detailed than others. Uh, is it the end all, be all to what I think about a guy? No, but I, I think it plays a part into how much they love football. Well, guys that play a long time all watch film. Yeah, like that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. A guy that I think people on the internet are like. Listen to Pac-Man talk about what a formation is and what he's like looking for. Never expect you just think guys like a great athlete. The people that have success are invested. Pac-Man Jones has something for you, Coach. Yeah. Coach, you, um, D'Amico, Mike, Zach, Brandon, all of the younger coaches are seen to have a lot of success with the new uh, age group guys that, that are coming up. Is it because you y'all are more pl- player friendly? Y'all not banging them up every play? What is it? Because it's a gap right there between the younger coaches. And the older coaches. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a great answer for you on that. I will say that I have a respect for all coaches of all ages. Um, if they're and, good. There's shitty coaches yeah. out there. You don't <laughs> yeah, I mean, if them. you're a good coach, it doesn't matter your age. Um, okay, but, good. you know, th- obviously there's been success with some of the younger coaches out there, but there's still older coaches that have had a ton of success. Belichick's one of the best to ever do it, and he's still okay. doing it at a very high level. So uh, respect to every coach that's out there. Yeah, but it feels like there's different personality a little yeah. bit. Like. Or do you find yourself a little bit more Sirianni-ish? Because is that what we're going to get on the sideline? Ooh. Oh. Are the Colts getting that? That's a big deal. Huge. We're season ticket holders. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the price went up. You know, I don't know how that works, yeah. but that's their business. <laughs> Conti. 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 Yeah. Conti. Yeah. I have Chris. no idea how that is, the business or whatever. But we're there. And, yeah. like, an entertaining brand of football is not not obviously just the style, and I think your offense bodes well for an entertainment level, which is 2023 football, which everybody's kind of yearning for. But the personality of a team, like Sirianni, the way he acted on the sideline, and when like I got a chance to be on a team with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians talking shit like during the game, like everybody was like, oh, this guy wants to win just as bad as us. And then some people were like, act like you've been there before, be professional. I'm like, I don't view that at all. Like, I would like everybody to act them natural selves. What are you, you think, game day? And what is like kind of the vibe going to be around the team? Uh, I am a passionate guy about the game. Oh, so you're talking shit. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but I will have passion uh, on Sundays. I know that. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm so happy we got that here. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the refs, we like the refs. We don't like the refs. What do we think about the I refs? I respect the refs. They have a tough job. Yeah. 
Yes. Very tough job. I'm so happy to hear what's going to happen. That is awesome. Coach, welcome to the team. Yeah. All are, right. Appreciate it. We are so happy. Uh, Connor, who's a New England Patriot diehard fan, has a question for you. Yeah, Coach. I mean, I'm rooting for you. I'm not rooting for the Colts. And that's <laughs> two completely different things. I hope you know that. But when it comes to kind of establishing your culture, yeah. you just mentioned the type of players and knowing their routine. Do you feel like you have to bring in this entire new wave or with the vets that are already on the team? Do you feel like you can kind of work with them to establish your Oh, I think you can work. We got a lot of good vets on the team right now. Um, I've had really good conversations with a few of them. Um, they're passionate about football. I love that part of it. And then as the head coach, right, you have your vision for what you want it to look like. And uh, you got to carry through with that vision uh, and, and stay true to what you believe in as a head football coach. And, you know, you guys have heard me say this, the character piece, right, the preparation, the consistency and being relentless is kind of what I believe in. Uh, and but it's oh, not just say it again, say it again, say it again, say it again. Character, it's preparation, what? it's consistency, what? and it's being relentless. Character, preparation, yeah. consistency. What kind of pen you using? A red one or a blue? One? Uh, mechanical pencil. Thank you. Oh, there you consistency. Go. <laughs> relentless. <Yeah>, relentless. <laughs> hey, those, those are gonna be on a shirt, I assume. That's a shirt. Uh, it could be. It could be. There's. It's gonna be up on. It's. It's all over the building right now. But uh, again, it's. It's one of those things too where it can't just live on a wall. Yeah. Like you got to bring it to life now, right? You got to show examples of what that looks like every single day. Show the players' examples, and you got to live it. You got to live it every single day. And uh, we can do that, and we can come together as a team and be connected. Because when we're connected, we're committed. You, That's something I believe in. Um, so I think we got to be a good, do a great job of connecting uh, as a football team and go from there. When we're connected, we're committed. Great ball. You got bars all over the place. Right? Yeah, yeah. You got incredible lines here. I mean, you are crushing this. Um, you said you talked to the vets. Do you have like one of those leadership council boards? I thing? will. I will. Uh, How would that work? And, and who? Because when I was around, I yeah. think like the vets talked to coaches, but now it's like more of like a setup. Like, hey, there's actually a leadership board and then they report to this and it's like a I think it's much more common practice than maybe what it used to be or a little bit more structured what does yours look like yeah so I'm we're going to vote on that uh next week and really it's just to me the leadership council is is a voice in the locker room for me you know to get get a temperature on the team uh so we can bring those guys in and really just keep them up to date with schedules and all those different things and and what we want practice to look like so everyone's on the same page okay that's interesting what if they say something you don't like well, then it's when we have, have a conversation, which is fine. You know what I mean? I think the accountability part of it's big. You know, it's not only just player to coach. It's coach to player. It's coach to coach, right? Everyone's got to hold each other accountable. And I think if we can do that, that's when I think it be, can, so, becomes best. So that's the younger thing that he was talking about there, yeah. though. That's why I think. I was like, just trying to, yeah, you just nailed it on the spot because it's different between being just a coach and then being able to relate to the player. Um, the guys I name are very good at relating to the players. And that's all I was trying to say. Because some of the <clears throat> nothing against the older guys, but most of the older guys um, that are really good, they are they have their ways of coaching. I should say, there's no hey man, how you doing today? It's like hey, we're gonna do do this strictly. It's gonna go by this um, today. I'm not, I might not ask you how you feel today. Yeah, but on that point, the resume is the reason why guys buy in. So, like, for you right now, zero win head coach, right? We talked to McDaniel yeah. before he went up there, and that was, like, his thing. Like, everybody's talking about it, but I have zero wins as a head coach. So, as you're kind of shaping this in the practices and the schedules and everything like that, I'm fascinated to see how you have projected that all. Like, yeah. do you think that's adjustable, or are you like – Yeah, I think you got to be able to adapt and adjust um, in those situations, you know what I mean? But you got to have those conversations you know, those heart-to-hearts with those players uh, and get the vibe and get the pulse of the locker room and where things at so everyone's pulling in the same direction. Man, I think you're going to have a lot of success. I can't wait to watch it. I'm, and 
to hear that you potentially would tell a ref, like, that's a terrible call. Yeah, like, I'm very – I, I love that a lot. Tone has a question for you, Coach. Yeah, um, one of your colleagues, we heard him uh, talk about he's new head coach, and he wants shots, explosives, pew, 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 pew. pew, pew. pew. Are you also, Social media department kind of buried. Are you him, also going to be looking for shots, explosives, and pew, 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 pew in Indianapolis? Uh, we do want to be explosive, and that, and that could look different every week. You know, when I got hired, you know, guys heard me say this. My philosophy is, you know, we're going to throw to score points and run to win. And uh, I, I think that's part of it. But, again, the flow of the game is going to dictate that. You can still be explosive running the football. Mm -hmm. You can oh, create yeah. those explosive plays. So the flow of the game will dictate how the game is called and how we're playing. Throw to score points, run to win. You got bars, yeah, bro. That's a great one. <laughs> you, 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 you know what I mean? Like this is, AJ, have you heard this? This is just like boom, boom, Good. boom. Good. Shots. It all makes sense. Coach, I wanted to ask, how did you put your staff together? Is that something you kind of had already planned for the – like I'm, I would assume through all your travels you're looking at guys that you'd like that you'd want to bring on. How was that like kind of bringing the whole staff together? Yeah, no, I, I had – you know, you have a list of guys, you know, when you're going through the interview process of guys that you're looking at uh, to interview uh, and just trying to be as detailed as possible and not just hiring the first person that I interviewed, you know, not just like, all right, this guy was pretty good. I'm going to, you know, hire this guy, you know, wanted to hire the best candidate uh, for the position and really the best fit, you know, within each position room uh, was the biggest thing for me and the nucleus uh, and the chemistry within the staff. Yeah. So you, did you just say that so that the person I interviewed with you the first time knows that they're not the only one? That didn't get picked? Is that what we're – Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I always – every guy I interviewed, I told them, you know, I was going through a process, you know, in my interview process and, and going through that and would let them know. Hey, that's a lot of more decisions now at the head job, right? Yeah, you got a lot more decisions, a lot of more administrative stuff comes through your desk. <laughs> hate it, uh, hate it, love it. You can, you're not going to tell the truth right now. We'll talk to you like five years or not ever, but <laughs> all these ex-coaches tell us, like, the shit that shows up on your desk when you become a head coach, it's like, I was a football coach. Like that, I'm a good football coach. Love my players. Love what we're doing. Now I'm a head coach. Oh, you got to answer this question about like stadium routine and like yeah. travel and like hotel and food and what we're doing here. Like it's a whole new thing. Has that happened or is that kind of over? Uh, that's part of it. But I got my man over there, TJ, my assistant. Had a baby, TJ. I thought he was Conti's guy. He's not yeah. Conti. That's your guy. Yeah. He does a hell of a job. He, we hired him from University of Wisconsin. He was the director of football ops there the past hey. seven years. Interviewed him uh, over a Zoom. He was one of many guys I interviewed for that position, uh, and he did a hell of a job. Hell yeah, okay. TJ. Okay. Congratulations, okay. man. Earned it, too, by the way, seven years yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like all, Every job to get in the NFL is like a very difficult one. That's why whenever Jeff Saturday just got named interim head coach, everybody was so pissed off. Yeah. Everybody was so damn pissed off. Uh, Ty has a question for you, Coach. Yeah, Coach, in terms of like the draft process, now I think a lot of this is probably more media-driven, but, for example, like all the stuff that's coming out with C.J. Stroud, where you know, going into the draft, he's one of the top two guys, and then all of a sudden, you know, a week before the draft, all this kind of like char character damaging stuff comes down to kind of get him to drop. As a first time head coach, how how difficult? And granted, I know you're doing all your due diligence. That's a massive part of the job. But how difficult is it kind of sorting through all that bullshit when you know, like, hey, whoever I'm going to draft, and we're probably going to draft a quarterback. Like he he's got to be the right guy. Yeah, I think you know with anything, right? Everyone's got their opinions on every player. You know what I mean? And uh, what matters to us, right, is our opinions in that building uh, and what we believe in. Uh, and who we want to look at and picking because there is going to be a lot of outside outside noise. You know, people are going to have their opinions on this guy and this guy and that guy, 
and uh, we got to do the best we can as coaches and scouts uh, to bring in the right talent. Chris seems to be like the most fuck everything that is said outside of this yeah. building guy. <laughs> but the way he handles it is incredible because he has that nice southern accent. Unreal. He's, he seems to be – he'll answer everything. Like today he even said like – Everybody's fucking lying. I'm trying to be the most honest as everybody, but everybody's lying. I don't like it. And then he said, today I'm dancing. Like, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to withhold some truth from you. I'm going to dance around your questions. That's just what it is. But he has always been a, like, outside noise is outside noise guy. Feels like. You said you got along with him immediately, long interviews. What has it been like working with Chris? Because a lot of people outside the building are like, if this team can, two years ago, I don't know if you know this, two years ago we lost last game of the year. Okay, clown town. We had uh, we had eight <laughs> Pro Bowlers or seven Pro Bowlers. Some team stacked, money spent, stars everywhere. Last game of the season, fans of the other team were dressed like clowns in the stands because they were mocking their own organization. This organization is a bush league amateur, uh, a clown show operation. We're going to dress like clowns. Colts lost to that team. The, the clown team. We lost the team. Didn't make it to the playoffs. Okay, heartbreaker. Yeah. That one was, that one was tough. Okay, Carson Wentz, see ya. Okay, we're now we need a new quarterback. Matt Ryan comes in. They stay fourth overall pick, fourth overall pick. So like, not that far removed from Super Bowl yeah. hopes in Indianapolis. And like the the view on Chris is he's got to get it right or he's going to get the fuck out of there. Do you sense that from Chris? Is there an urgency? Like, hey, we need we got the fourth overall pick. So technically, we're not in a great spot, but the urgency is like we need to win. Fucking, do you feel that whenever? I think I think there's urgency every year in this league, in every team, in every team. Every year is a new year, right? And the and the conversations that I had with Chris again, going back to the interview process, Chris is a football guy. He's a football guy. He sees it the right way. Uh, We've had tremendous conversations. He's done a phenomenal job, you know, the past two and a half months that I've been working with him, uh, just the way he sees it, the way he communicates, um, and I think he's going to do a tremendous job in this draft. I think you two are going to be a good team, feels like. Not that he would be a bad team with anybody, but I I have massive respect for Chris Ballard. Andrew Luck retires nine days before the season, and it's like once in a generation player goes there, and he's been playing catch-up almost that entire time, haven't been able to hit just yet. This Hey, this is going to be the year, though. Hey, Coach, this is going to be the year. Pac-Man has a question for you, Coach. Coach, my question is besides the quarterback group, um, this offseason we didn't see too much done. Um, What are the groups or areas that that y'all need to improve in on the offseason besides the quarterback position? Um, I think with anything, I'm not going to state out specific positions or groups. Uh, players, though. Yeah. We want players that you want to draft. Players. Exact players. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We're so, four. you know, I'm not going to get into all that. But, you know, <laughs> we want to improve everywhere we can. I mean, and I'll leave it at that. Did I'll you watch every that. play? What do you have to do? Do you have to watch every single game from last year? How's that work? Uh, I go through and I watch I watch games. I watch targets. I watch carries. I watch point of attack stuff. So when I'm going through watching our guys that are on the roster right now when I got hired, that's that's what I did. That's a lot of time, right? Pretty big time investment yeah. there. So you got to have a detailed plan, lay it out. Like, hey, I'm watching draft guys from three to six. I'm watching our guys from six to nine. And then I'm doing my getting ready for meetings the next, you know, next day from nine to ten, whatever it is. First team meeting, how many times did you? go through that in your head in your entire life and how to go you think um in my entire life i went over it in my head a few times you know i think the first message you know uh you want to set the standard of what you want it to look like you know and, and building the culture was a big part of that in my first message uh, and then from there a lot of it is continuing to build on that message throughout those team meetings and really talking about situational football 
uh, and talking a lot of football. Yeah, good clean daps in there. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. A couple good. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, uh, coach. When it comes to like hiring offensive coaches, the you know the whole question or kind of the whole thing is like, okay, this guy's bringing the Sirianni offense. Like this is exactly what they're going to see in Indianapolis, and that's a conversation with a lot of the offensive head coaches. Is that something that you've thought about, or do you think like, yeah, for sure, that's an offense I was successful in, but that doesn't mean that's the offense I'm you know bringing to a T. Yeah, I think that's a good question, and and I think your offense is dictated off the players you have. Yeah, you know, especially it starts at the quarterback position. What does he do well, and how we're going to build this thing around what he does well, and then you build off that. What do our receivers do well? What do the tight ends do well? What do the backs do well? What is the offensive line? Are we more of a gap scheme team, or are we more of a zone scheme team? You know, you build that thing throughout the off season and going into training camp uh, to find out kind of who you're going to be. Yeah, you know that's smart. Smart. Not everybody does that. No. Like, hey, this is my system. Hey, these players stink at this system. Well, the system <laughs> has been good though. Like yeah. if they if they just do the system, we'll win. As opposed to like, hey, here's the players we have. Let's go ahead and kind of emphasize their strengths. That feels like the smart play. Yeah, I think I think too, you know, from a you know terminology standpoint, the terminology is the terminology. Right, like that's in play. Like obviously building this with the offensive staff. Oh, you worried about that? People learn because it's like third offense, like for this team. Like that is some. Are you worried about that or no? Pretty simple. I I think I think you just got to have a detailed plan when you go in there when you're teaching it. That's that's the biggest thing to me. Flashcards, you using flashcards? You can use as whatever whatever. There's different ways of learning, right? There's audio learners, there's visual learners, there's rep learners, and I think as coaches, we got to do a heck of a job of finding out what those players learn best at. And however that is, shoot, we need more walkthrough reps for this particular player. Let's do that. All right, this guy's a film study guy. He can learn off the film. Or this guy is an audio learner. Now, there's, there's probably a few that are, are audio learners because that's special. And I think that comes over time to where when you're talking with maybe a veteran player and it's like, hey, shoot, hey, in cover two now, that wheel's going to squeeze and we're going to throw this wrap in behind because the mic's pushing this way. They're like, boom, I can see it. You know, hmm. and some guys need to see it on tape. You know, so I think that's the process you got to go through as a coach uh, to find out how these guys learn. Yeah, it sounds like you're a good coach. Uh, Ty, yeah. it sounds like you got to figure it out. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, coach, I know that you just got here and you obviously have a bunch of stuff on your plate right now. So I'm assuming you're not playing too much grab ass. But we had uh, <laughs> Coach Sirianni on last year, and we basically asked him like, "Hey, do you have any like hobbies or do you do anything for fun?" And he basically just said like, "No, my only interest is football. I don't, I don't have anything." That else. is a true like, statement. Okay. Nick Sirianni is. All football. Is that what he sounded like? That's, that's literally what he said. Yeah, what did it sound like exactly? Uh, I don't like to do anything other than watch football, play football, coach football, think about football, Boy. eat footballs. Uh, you, you get it. But my question is, like, do you have any hobbies? Or, like, when you're around a guy like that, I assume that kind of rubs off on you, and it's like, oh, I guess I don't like anything other than just football anymore. Uh, you know, in the summer times, I do like to get out and try to fly fish. Ooh. Really? Yeah. You're an outdoorsman. Outdoorsman. And then golf. I probably golf. I'd like to golf more. Just the time. Don't have enough, a lot of time to do that. But I probably golf six or seven times a year. But You a stick? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. We just had John Rahm on. I heard that. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, 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 hey, he's, he's good at bad. golf. He's not bad. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's, pretty, he's a good guy, too. That's my first time oh, I've heard him talk that yeah, long. Cool, I guess cool. I should listen to more stuff. He seemed like a cool guy. You a good player? Always played? Played in high school? Uh, I played a little bit, but I'm not, you know, I'll shoot, I don't know, high 80s. Oh, okay, good. That's pretty good for five or six times a year. And, you know, if I go out and play lights out, I can shoot in the low 80s. Okay, so you're potentially sandbagging the fuck out of us right now. (laughs) No, I'm being honest. That's that's an honest truth. (laughs) Well, that's number one there on priorities, character. Mm -hmm. 
You know, that's right. And in preparation, only five, six times. I mean, what do you want? How are you going to be consistent? <laughs> and then, you know, you got to be relentless uh-huh. in your yeah. pursuit of uh, golf. AJ has something for you, Coach. Yeah. Coach, what was uh, what was your college experience like uh, out at UNLV? I think a lot of people that obviously haven't gone there think, oh, that would be a weird place to go to college. Tough. Yeah, no, uh, it was actually awesome. I, I really wouldn't trade it uh, for anything, you know. Um, Going there, experiencing, uh, going to UNLV, obviously the strip, believe it or not, you know, people that haven't been there, the practice fields, you could pretty much throw a rock to the Hard Rock Casino. Uh, it was right there. So, so that's not for some people. Yeah, I mean, like it, me, it, yeah. not, it would not, uh, that would not have been good. Yeah, I, I, people always ask me, like, how was that experience? It's like, well, shoot, you're a college kid, you know, you're not making a lot of money. You get a stipend check on scholarship, you know, you go down to, you know, down to the strip, you go buy a cocktail, it's $15 for a cocktail. <laughs> I mean, like, you're probably staying, you know, at the little local pub if you're a college kid. Uh, getting a beer there for two bucks or something, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience. Wouldn't change it for the world. Great, you know, had met great people there. Uh, had great relationships um, with the people that I met. Uh, so really enjoyed it. Did you know you were going to be a coach your whole life? Uh, I did. Go, my, my high school coach was had a big influence on me. Um, and so just being around him, seeing what he did, you know, he would take me to the, you know, the Glazier clinics and, you know, and I would be the demonstrator for him, like up on stage, like here's how to take a five-step drop and, and all that stuff. And I was like, man, this guy does this for a living. I mean, now he teaches at the school too, but I thought that was pretty cool, uh, seeing that. And then going to college, the other guys I was around, I was around a few different coaches in college. Uh, but always enjoyed the X's and O's part of it, you know, and what they did. I uh, always liked being around the office, hanging out with those guys. But I did. I kind of knew my freshman year in college um, that I probably wasn't going to the NFL. Damn. Um, but, uh, you know, just love that part of the game, the X's and O's and the coaching part. Man, you're 18, 19. You still had it. Look how tall you are. Yeah. yeah. No you hooping just... in there? You ain't, you ain't doing no basketball? I hooped in high school a little bit. You're tall. Tall. Oh. You got you got a jumper? What do we got? Decent, not real. I mean, I'm all right, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you away today? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't want. to oh. guys beloved in the city right now. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. Lose a bunch of stuff for a lot of people. I, I think you can do it. You got hoop in uh, in the team meeting room or in uh, in the, Philly? We got a hoop. We had a hoop in Philly up on the wall, kind of just like you got right here. What will your standard be in there for uh, locker room games and things like that? Uh, a lot of guys are just like best out of five in there on the hoop. Whatever. No, but you're cool with it yeah, in there. Yeah. What's that? You're cool with it in there. Oh yeah, we know in the oh yeah in the locker room right now. Yeah, we got cornhole in there and uh, ping pong right now. We don't have a hoop in the team meeting room though. Will you go down there and uh, will you step under the ping pong table or the cornhole boards? Uh, every once in a while, I stepped in and played some ping pong last week with one of the players. You you won? I did not. He beat me. Oh, oh. that's a big deal for the locker room. They can't be losing the fucking coach. Yeah, yeah. He, he can make it back though. He can hit one out of five. You don't. Think? <laughs> What from uh, NBA three? Yeah, I think he could hit one out of. Four. I mean, he could spin one of those pigskins into that hole. Yeah, he could yeah, still spin it. He was yep. checking out the ball as soon as he yeah. checked uh-huh. out the baby. Uh-huh. Hey, we want to let you know one of these can go to your desk. You yeah, can, you can just take it for instance. Put it in one of those little glass things. You know what I mean? You know what? Let us yeah. do it. Make it let us do it. You don't have to spend any of that new money you have <laughs> yeah. with the whole family. Uh, what type of uh, you can be super fundamentals coach? Super fundamentals, like every single day we're working on this, we're doing this, or what is kind of uh, you think how you see your practices going? Yeah, ball security is a big part of what we're going to do. Are ball you wearing boxing gloves? You punching people? We will have boxing Sounds gloves great. out there. Yay! Oh, yes. Here we'll we go. Boxing gloves, yes. Are you swinging on these folks? Or? Uh, I might. 
I might, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, I might put one on. Yeah, because you know that Vrabel, anytime he's got like that big uh, flap jacket on, yeah. and then he's got the uh, the gloves, the internet loves it. I couldn't even imagine. You should go out there with a helmet on. Mm-hmm. Helmet That'd on with sick. the thing, yep. with awesome. boxing gloves. Yeah. yeah, you should do Oklahoma drills maybe with the boys. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> People would love it. What do we got, music at practice? You got energy? We will have music. We, have, we will have music. Got to look at the playlist. Who controls it? Playlist. My man Walt. My man Walt in the video room will be dialing up the playlist. Oh, good luck, Walt. Hey, good <laughs> luck. Big job. Good luck, Walt. Good That's luck. a hard job that right is, there. That is not easy. There's a lot of different genres of music that are listened to in that locker room. Uh-huh. If you have control of the ox, that is not an easy job. That no. Is, Walt's ready for it, though, right? He's on your team. He's ready. Walt's ready. He's going to be awesome. As are you. What do you got for the rest of the day, rest of the weekend? Are we working, obviously, through the weekend? What does it look like? Uh, I will be working. Just still looking at draft, looking at prospects, and keep going through that process. Go ahead. What, what is it? Eli's, we've been down to the restaurants down there. What's the what's steakhouse? St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's, we've been there. and Izzy's? Yeah, Harry and Izzy's, St. Elmo's. Yeah, been there. Phenomenal. Phenomenal steaks. Prime. This guy Prime, been to Prime. Prime solid, too. They're all good. Oh, he ready. This guy's well, got well no said. time for anybody's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. He is ready. Absolutely. Hey, let's go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's go win. Tell us who go you're win. picking. Last question. So does the uh, quarterback sneak that basically changed the game last year come with you from Philly, or is that just because Jalen Hurts has tree trunks for fucking legs? Yeah, um, I think a lot of that quarterback sneak, you know, uh, was a lot of everybody. It starts with offensive line up front. Um, those guys, Kelsey, Isaac, Lane. Uh, land in. I mean, they got that thing started. Um, and then obviously Jalen has a good feel for it, you know. Um, but it is a good play. You need one yard. Uh, it's hard to stop. Yeah, the tush push. They were trying to ban it. Yeah. You were pissing people off of that. Peter King, was, King hates it. Peter King was so mad mm-hmm. what you guys were doing. Do you know that? Yeah. So mad. Well, it's interesting because that, that play, when you're backed up, like on the half yard line, right, people run that play. They've been running that play for years. We just brought it to the field to play. Sue us. How about Don't it? actually, though. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Brett Favre. Okay. Uh, Coach, we appreciate you for taking time out of your life to come chat with us. We're big fans of yours right now. I assume we'll remain big fans of yours, the human, but this Colts city is ready for a winner again. They were spoiled a long time. You know, I don't want to say they because I was a part of it, I guess. Peyton brought a winner here. This is a great football town. Great. Great, great football town. Great football town. Yeah. And Jim Irsay, he has a museum. Mm-hmm. And artifacts and everything like that. He wants to win too. Yeah. Feels like we're on in a good spot. I'm very thankful for you taking the job here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, no problem. You think you can make a shot or no? I mean, I can give it a whirl. I might airball it. No, no, people do all the time. Yeah, yeah that's all right. You have numerous. Yeah. Where are we going from? Right here on stage? Yeah. How far is that? How about half court? About half court. Yeah. Half court. 40 right, feet. We'll give it a whirl. Okay, you yeah. Hey, listen. You people have airballed before mm-hmm. all the time. All the yeah. time. All, Pac-Man. Uh-huh. Ran a four two eight, great athlete. He airballed, then he made one. So like, let's see the relentlessness, okay? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't have to be that consistent here. Mm-hmm. You have not prepared, but your character is going to be on <laughs> great display right here, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. If Coach Steichen, hold on, Coach. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he's got the he's warm ready. up. Oh, he does. You look so cool too, by the way. Good like stuff. super cool fit. Oh shit, lefty. He can he can play. You can tell. Hey, you look so cool. You look really cool, dude. Super fucking cool. All right, Coach, you make this shot. We'll give uh, 15 people, no, 20 people, $500 who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the easiest way to pay them digitally. Coach Shane Steichen, new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, trying to win 20 people, $500 on this Feel Good Friday. From downtown. What if this guy? Oh.
That's good form. That's, that's a good shot. Yeah. That's a good shot. That's a good first shot. Daniel Jeremiah almost broke his back. That's it. Bank. Oh! Bonus ball, bonus ball. What's that? We got three. Listen, well, the thing about this particular game, there's no rules, actually. Like, if that ball bounces anywhere near us, that's bonus ball, bonus ball, bonus ball. You know what I mean? So we want people to win. You know why? Because we want people to know that the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts is an absolute dog. We want people to have a great feel-good Friday. We want people to see Shane Steichen yelling at refs on Sundays, being passionate. No, he's a God. Got another one. Got another one. All right, we got more. We got time. We got time. Yeah. We got to get this 500 for those people. Come on. How about this? Oh, 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 you make it? 25 people. Oh, Holy Ooh. shit. Here we go. 25 winners, $500. Coach Shane Steichen. Ooh. Oh, oh, good looking shot. Good shot. That was, that was a really. Oh, it's another ball. Oh. Bonus, bonus ball. Bonus ball. Bonus ball. Bonus ball. Bonus ball. This is the last one, though. Yeah, that is. But there's footballs yeah, here as well. These people got money. Yeah, yeah, you do, coach. Come on, coach. <gasps> Bucket. Oh! The basketball did go in the net. Well, over there. Yeah, let him sling it. Coach, it's like the old UNLV days. You were a quarterback? Was. Just back at Sam Boyd Stadium. Austin, Austin, with Austin Cauley. <laughs> well, he was at BYU. Yeah, he was at BYU. All right, man. <laughs> Hold on, I'm being told you have a record at UNLV. Like, you were a great Five tides in one game. So you were a dog. Whoa. We didn't know that. What are you talking about? I knew I wasn't going to be an NFL guy. What, are, what is what are you talking about? What is that? Is, is, is that real? Oh, you wanted a coach. Those are sweet shoes. Yeah, he looks so cool. Yeah, yeah great fit. Oh, you got a dog fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah great fit. Uh, coach, here's what you got to do. Okay? You throw any of these baby dukes into that hoop, any of those three holes over there, garbage can that's open, or that hoop over there. We'll give 20 people $500 who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody because it is Feel Good Friday, mm -hmm. and then also in the same reply, put the easiest way to person, pay them. AJ. This is this guy threw five times in college. Yeah. Come on, yeah. coach. All right, we're going over here. Oh, that's, oh, that's dark. That's, that's a good dark. Good looking yeah. I loved everything yeah, about that. Like All right, we're going over here yep. middle. Like, Hell yeah, coach. We appreciate you. 20 people, $500 to retweet this video because the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts is an absolute dog. Good luck with everything. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, you are the absolute best, honestly. Good luck with everything. Conti's going to try to put you in some terrible predicaments. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you to say <laughs> things at press conferences that you shouldn't say. Don't listen to him, okay? That guy looks so cool right now. He's got the pandas on, I believe. Yeah. He's got that button down. Conti's jocked right now. Yo, yeah. Properly jocked right now, Conti. We appreciate you. And I believe TJ. 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 TJ, welcome to the Thank city, pal. Lucky to have you. Coach, welcome to the city. We appreciate, appreciate you. Good luck guys. on Thursday. We Thanks. appreciate it. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Shane Steinberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coach. Appreciate you. Good dad. Oh, that was a good dad. That was a good dad. That's a big deal. All right. Coach, we appreciate you, man. Oh, that was a good dad. Another good one. Hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. That was oh. on me if it wasn't. Oh, I don't know. Oh. All right.
right, come on, Cody. Well, we're not at that. Okay. Uh, pretty clean. I mean, Mike got pretty it clean. away. Uh, this weekend, there is a NASCAR race that we're going to be watching. Huge one. And, we, you know, we talked to him last week, but Chase Elliott's back, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Come on, Hell the yeah. season 2020 champion. Coming off an unfortunate snowboarding accident, Chase was back to the track last weekend doing what he does Hell best. Yeah. Going fast. Yeah, Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's back to, to the quest for another championship. I don't know about you guys, but we are pumped. He's back behind the wheel. <laughs> AJ, AJ, what are you laughing problem? at, AJ? AJ I just genuine. like watching Con read it in real time. I like to see, like, especially the things that are in quotations. So continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no yeah, that was super genuine. No, super genuine. no quotations. I'm pumped. You won't want to miss the return of the biggest and baddest track. Tune in for the return of Chase Elliott in the NASCAR Cup Series at Talladega. 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 Chase Elliott wins at Talladega. 150000 to his Whoa. Boom. That's right. Good luck out there, Chase. We can't wait to watch on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday. Big shout out to Ian Rappaport for breaking that news about guys. Hey, can't have your guys gambling. Nope. No. Okay, Coach? Can't do that. That's your fault, Conti. Hey, Conti, yeah, out, why don't Canty. you have these guys stop gambling, okay? In Are the, the signs still up in the locker room, Conti? <laughs> oh, we was right, AJ. We were talking yep. about it, how, like, that was promoted everywhere. Like, yeah. hey, don't ruin this for everybody. Yeah. Don't be Pete Rose. Signs everywhere. We didn't know if that had changed with the younger generation. Signs still everywhere, Conti? Hey, enjoy the uh, – there's going to be like a three- to four-hour seminar You're, everybody in the building is going to have to go to <laughs> yeah, in fun. like the next week or so. That should be fun. Wait, can't wait to see your culture handle it. Shout-out to Rappaport. Shout-out to John Rom. Shout-out to Coach Steichen. Shout-out to all of you for watching every single day. We can't thank you enough. We're the luckiest humans on earth. Have an incredible weekend. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. We're going to Chef Bo's. Yeah, Bo's. Goodbye.